This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give him life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they kick it trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit it, talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation The power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to One Nation Radio. Um... Awfully sad news this weekend before we get into WrestleMania news. Um, Rich is a diehard, long-term Duke fan, and I am a long-term, diehard North Carolina Tar Heels fan, and um, what we witnessed was the end of Coach K forevermore. He has been uh, officially packed up, and he had to get the fuck up out. Superdome. So, Rich, uh, I would like to give you the floor to say whatever uh, goodbyes you need to say. Eulogize Coach K, if you will, because I know I got my eulogy on deck. So, you go ahead and say what you got to say, and then you get the fuck out the way so I can go ahead and get say what I need to say. Because this is long overdue. You, you are on this. I love Coach K. Um... I was watching the last couple minutes head to head with uh, the Ronda and Charlotte match, and luckily I was able to pull, pay full attention to the game because mm-hmm. Ronda and Charlotte were yeah. were stinking to join out. Yeah, they so, were stinking it up. Sure was. Um, so <laughs> so mm-hmm. we had already seen the superior, you know, women's match uh, earlier in the night. So that is for um, sure. Um, yeah, but I, I was watching it, and I, I was thinking about you know when I became a Duke fan, like in like 2001, and you know just thinking about you know the long legacy cast like last like you know 50 years of college basketball you know he's arguably the most important figure in it so um this guy's a he's a legend uh you know built the program up from you know i i know they were they were successful before 1980 but nothing like you know right they, they were since or after that the whole entire stratosphere, um, different stratosphere yeah right um i was always relieved when i heard coach k wasn't on no trump shit um, <laughs> that's that's you know, a, that's a good thing to, to know, yeah. You know, so um, and you know I, he's just a legend, man. Just like you know, lots of Final Fours. Like I, I don't even know. I think he broke the record, if I'm not mistaken, this year. Uh, held by John Wooden, I think it was 13 Final Fours, uh, five like national that. titles. Uh, you know, lots of players in the league, lots of, you know, lots of college moments and, you know, lots of black hair for years and years and years, untested, you know, just, you know, n- natural, you know, black hair on top. Um, 
you know, and, you know, I, I love Coach K, you know, when it was time to save the Olympic program, you know, you know, who they turn to, they turned to Coach K to get it right. And, you know, and he, he actually commanded all the respect to everybody. And, 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 you know, he's a, he's a guy that, you know, he, he took his losses in the tournament. Sometimes he's a very emotional guy. Uh, I like Coach K because he actually cared about, you know, people guarding somebody. It wasn't like, you know, some bullshit. It was like, yo, you're going to man up. Like, we don't care if you're like, you know, if you're uh, you're athletically deficient or or not. Uh, you're going to get your ass out there and guard. And, you know, and the brotherhood of Duke, like, it's, it's great marketing. It's like, you know, it's just everyone's kind of tied together somehow. And uh, Perrin's going to John Shire. I'm excited. I always was a big Shire fan. And, you know, it, it's going to be different without Coach K, of course, because it's like who has the like he's the one guy in our program. We don't have like, you know, uh, a, a list of guys like we have a coaching tree, but it's not in the way where dudes like were coming back. And there were obvious successors like Shire just kind of happened to be the guy that was here now. It could have been, you know, it could have been like Johnny Dawkins or something, but it just like didn't happen because Coach K stuck around forever. So. Um, it could have been Jeff Capel, stuff like that. So, um, but it ended up going to Shire and, you know, I, I like the way that he built the programs, uh, over the years. Like, as far as like, you know, we, we used to lean on the seniors a lot and then eventually the game came around to, you know, one and dones and stuff like that. And, and you know, I kind of felt like less in love with college sports over that time, probably do probably through you know, my progression in life as well as that switch, like where you didn't necessarily keep dudes around uh, for those years. But, um, yeah, I'll miss Coach K. Like, he, he was great, man. Beautiful. Very, very touching. So, um, as far as uh, Coach K, um, I don't really have much of ill will towards Coach K. Um, I think Coach K is a is a has been a great coach and a great ambassador for the sport of college basketball. Um, I think that um, some of the things that he gets, uh, uh, some of the uh, let's say uh, superlatives he gets, is a bit of um, white people loving the fact that they had a team full of white guys. Um, in the 80s and 90s that could compete with these teams at, uh, at, a, at a time when uh, they felt like uh, black, black basketball players were taking over college sports and they became the great white hope. Um, that's through no fault of their own necessarily. Um, that is how teams um, or that is how uh, the fans around uh, took to them. And quite frankly, given uh, the situation in the state of North Carolina when it comes to recruiting, Duke had to become a national program in, in order to be cut to make it to all those final fours in order to um, win all those national championships. Like uh, up until probably like the last six years um, from the time he took over in, in the early eighties um, or mid eighties, Carolina, as far as what it was, all the black players that were really good and Mr. Basketball in this Carolina, they almost universally all went to North Carolina there is a strange thing about the state of North Carolina uh, in in um, the black residents in their love for this public university uh, of North Carolina to where the kids want going to Duke. They what is what the hell is a Duke? 
we don't know. Like James Worthy is going to North Carolina. Michael Jordan's going to North Carolina. Everybody's going to North Carolina, and pretty much the only time they ever changed was like Brandon Ingram, um, John Wall. Like Duke didn't even bother to try to recruit John Wall in, until the until the like eleventh hour because they were like, well, he's not going to Carolina. We don't know where he's going unless at least like hit the tires on him. Um, so anyway, um, that not, a lot of that stuff is not necessarily Duke's fault or Kay's fault, but they they damn sure benefited from it. And uh, when they were the underdogs, they were winning these national championships while at that school, that elite school, that private school, that school that has out-of-towners come in and help ruin the, the integration program in the residential housing section of, uh, uh, I'm sorry, of, of the state of North Carolina in the Raleigh area. Um, that was all happening. And like to see that they're called underdogs when, when most of these people are rich wasps, which is always like this huge thing that was like, this is the 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 crux the crux of the rivalry. Like college rivalries are based on the universities in the socioeconomic classes of it, right? Like you look at um, you look at Georgia Tech and you look at Georgia. You got the elite school and then you got the tech school. Um, that that's kind of how it goes. Like you look at um, UCLA, you look at USC. USC is the private school. I'm sorry. UCLA is a public school, but it's in West, uh, in Westwood, next to Hollywood, in Beverly Hills. And then you look at uh, USC, and it is the private school, but it's right in the hood. <laughs> um, so that 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 always comes to play uh, when it comes to Carolina being a, a liberal arts school and all that kind of, st- or not liberal arts school, but a liberal public school. Um, so like at play when you see all this stuff from a from a from this from the perspective of just watching Duke Carolina and then the perspective of the fans and the, those in the area in the triangle, it was always big time. And one thing you could always kind of was like, no matter how good or bad those teams were every single year, seemingly at some point in one of them two games, it was going to come down to the wire and they were going to give you an instant classic. And that's all you can hope for in a, in a basketball rivalry. Um, I wish K the best. Uh, but because of you and our other friend Kendrick and the shit y'all have talked, and when I just let the stuff slide because I'm I'm kind of indifferent to Duke, I got I had to get you this time. I had to get you, so y'all was old. I had to ambush him. Sorry, Tanya. I just had to do this impromptu. Uh, when I impromptu, you see I got props and everything, but still, you know, shout out. Premeditated. You know, cheers to cheers to K on a, on a, on a, and hopefully he has a a wonderful afterlife and yes. you know. Um, you know, the last two we got you. You got to hold that L forever, For, forever. Two L's. And, and, and James like, Todd Smith. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I, I've always told James this. Like, I, I kind of just looked at Carolina, kind of just a basketball rival. It wasn't something like where where I hated Carolina because, like, you know, the time I became a Duke fan. I fucking hated Maryland. Like, <laughs> and then they ran like hoes from the rivalry into another conference. All right. So, like, you know, like North, the North Carolina Duke rivalry is always like, it's given us a lot of like great sports moments. I'll never forget being in um, that wing stop uh, when Austin Rivers, you know, shot down uh, Tyler Zeller. And then that one dude that was, that was selling out to me all game. And I just cranked up on him for, for all time and let him have it. So, uh, but yeah, man. It, you know, do forever, Coach K yeah. forever. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know what? I'll never forget um, Coach K night, his last night at Cameron Indoor Stadium, 
when we packed his ass up in, in front of 90 of his of his former players. And I also will not forget when Kayla Love sent him to fuck up out of here forever. So shout out to Kay. Um, and let's get on with the show. Let's get on with the good times for that we got from Saturday night. The good times continue to roll from Saturday night to tonight. Um, WrestleMania 38. I'm going to say 37. WrestleMania 38, night one. A very good show. Um, a very consistent show, bell to bell. Um, you know what it is when it comes to WWE pay-per-views in, uh, in the Peacock era with, you know, the extra commercials and the random, uh, video packages at times. Let's just put that to the side. You know what it is when you sign up for, for, for that. And you know, you damn well what you sign up for, you get to WrestleMania. The complaint is there. The complaint is valid, but bell to bell. I thought this was top to bottom night one. I can't remember the last time they had a show this consistently good. Um, maybe, maybe 2018 Revolution or Evolution. Maybe, maybe there's something else I'm just forgetting about. But um, you know, I thought they had one match at start. It was like you know, under you know, just a gentleman's three star match, and then everything else after that was three a good match, three stars here, a little bit better, three and a quarter here, or three and a half here. Um, Becky and Bianca go uh, have a great match. One of one of the best matches they're gonna, in WWE that they're, that's gonna they're gonna have this year. Um, and I thought I thought you know um, the Cody the Cody surprise. I thought they had a I thought they had a good match. Obviously, you know Seth is in this thing where like the last what what is it four years now where like you can kind of check out on his matches until you get to the Falcon Arrow or whatever variation of Falcon Arrow he does. But once you get to that, you know you're gonna get something good. Um, I thought that was a cl- good closing stretch with, with him. Uh, Cody had his working boots on. Um, there were no, you know, Arn Anderson appearances. There were no flaming tables. There were no runouts. There was no shenanigans and bullshit that have, that he has had, like, just plastered to his matches outside of the best matches that he coincidentally has done in AEW. But, um, you know, uh, and then you also had the Austin surprise Main event match where Austin wrestled for the first time in in you know nineteen years and that and he that match was way better than he had any right for any of us to think it was going to be to get even getting as quote unquote impromptu. So I thought that uh, you know from that perspective, two thumbs up for for WrestleMania for the first time in a while. Um, Tanya, what were your uh, initial thoughts on on uh, WrestleMania before we go through it um, match by match? Uh, night one, it was like. Well, I just want to say, I think it was sad that um, Rick Booz got injured. Yeah. The Usos have some kind of voodoo on them for WrestleMania. It don't never go right for them at that event. I don't know what's... <laughs> I don't know what's going on. But I wish they had got a chance to, you know, show what they can do and see the match all the way through. Um... Other than Bianca, the the best part to me was like Stone Cold and like mm-hmm. when you saw him talk, you could see how like much this actually meant to him and like he was getting a little bit choked up and I I really thought like I don't know, it seemed like the whole weekend was like actually I felt more appreciated as a fan. I don't know. <laughs> mm, okay. But it, 
even from starting from like the uh from the Hall of Fame ceremony the night before, it just seemed like a great association between performers and fans and a lot of the other bullshit that we always talk about was kind of dropped <laughs> and I kind of like that. So, and you know, it could have been cause I was drunk. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I was going to ask you cause I Never didn't watch the value. So, um, <laughs> I, I mean to ask you this because, um, me and Rich have kind of checked out on the uh, hall of fame festivities. Like if there's something, you know, that memorable, memorable that happens, we'll, we'll hear about it and we'll, we'll seek it out. But you know, I think the last time I really was, uh, you know, into going to try to watch um, a big chunk of the Hall of Fame when Cornette was going to be there. And it was like, yeah. oh, Lord, what's he going to do? What's he going to say? Um, so uh, the vibes you felt as far as the appreciation back and forth, uh, what 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 in your mind or what what happened that made that gave you those uh, those feelings? It was just the, the way the crowd. OK, like with Charmel, for instance. Okay. There is a big brouhaha on the internet about did she deserve to go in the Hall of Fame or not? Okay. It felt like from the minute she came, like even when Booker T was speaking on her and what her run meant, and the crowd was receptive to it, they gave her the utmost respect. Her speech was impeccable. She looked great, and it was just like a spirit of uh, we don't need no smart points or to say nothing because they could the crowd could have easily hijacked it been disrespectful towards her, you know, disregarded her run or whatever, but they didn't, they gave her that respect. And from then on, it just seemed great. And then the fact that the Undertaker came out and he couldn't even talk for 10 minutes. Because <laughs> mm, the that. crowd was like, yes, he couldn't. Because like he, every time he tried to talk, he was catching his, he was finna cry. Because oh, you don't want to okay. cry when you got to get his speech. Because he talked for a long even though it was interesting, he talked for a long ass time, like 30 minutes, like, woo, child. Boy, they said that man did like a TED talk or some shit. He had one of them head pieces where it was just like... <laughs> he was Tony Robbins or something like that. He's setting up for their next career. He's going to be like a motivational speaker because well, that's that, what that the speech is. That Christian church circuit mm-hmm. and get paid. Yes. Yes, but, you uh, about, James. Yes. Oh, it still was still even though, you know knowing him and his beliefs and whatever for somebody like us we can still watch it and appreciate it and laugh at it you know what I'm saying it was just a, a lot of that extra shit was just dropped and you just appreciate but goddamn, these people put their body on the line do all this ridiculous shit just to entertain us and it was just to me the whole weekend felt like fuck all the rest we'll, we'll argue about that on Monday Let's okay. just enjoy what the fuck they put in front of it. Okay. That's what's up. Um, so yeah, so uh Rich, your thoughts on the on let's say uh night one. Well General I'll, thoughts. I'll even I'll even start before that because okay. like uh this is the first time like like I haven't traveled to the city for WrestleMania since Dallas, ironically, the last time they were there, um, you know, 2017 Orlando, uh, we were, were there, uh, not going to WrestleMania, of course, but, you know, watching the indie shows around it. 2018 was New Orleans. We even went to New York. Uh, of course, we, of course, got hoed with two years in Tampa due to the pandemic. So we didn't really have great, you know, in, indie showings and stuff like that. So some of the stuff I watched before WrestleMania, like 
if you guys haven't seen FTR and the Briscoes, go out of your way to see this match. Uh, I, I often grill FTR over an open flame, right? Mm-hmm. And it's because I know they have that level of performance in them most times, but they don't either don't show it or there's like they're they're working like this weird gimmick and whatever. But like go out of your way to see that match. One of the best matches of the year. Um, Swerve and Blake Christian. One of the best opening matches of the, of the year, I would say. Um, and then Jonathan Gresham and, and Bandito. I think Bandito did a carry job in the main event, personally. But um, it was still a really good match because, like, you know, like Bandito's fucking awesome. So, um, <clears throat> but then uh, Saturday, like I was saying, like, I was into the show. Like, like for me, like, it felt like they they leaned into all the things that I'm constantly told that they don't do or they, they aren't trying to appeal to whatever, you know, doesn't, you know, fly when they want carte blanche to do whatever they want. It's like they sent, like, several people out there, like, in matches, and it was like, hey, go wrestle, and there's going to be no bullshit, and for the most part, and we'll just mm-hmm. live with the results. Like, and I can appreciate that a lot more than, like, the, the screwy finishes, the run-ins, the, the bad booking, the short matches, the, it, it just felt like, like a real kind of as much as WWE can do. It felt like, like just a wrestling event. Like, and you know, I, I think some of the stuff on night one felt short, but like overall it was like, well, this was, I had, I had a good time watching night one, night two, totally different, but yeah. night one, <laughs> <laughs> night one, sign me up. Okay. All right. So, um, let's go through it then. Um, night one, first match, the Usos versus Rick Boogs and uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, the match obviously was supposed to go longer, and, it, um, and I don't even know why it has a rating on there um, on Cage Match. Looking at it because, oh, like, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it's weird because, like, for example, like I don't think there's a rating on Nasco Tour versus Utami from uh, uh, I think that's yeah from July last year when Nasco Tour ACL in the middle of the match. It, people just like. We're not voting. I don't know if it's eligible. It went longer than this match did, but people mm-hmm. still voted on this. And like when, while watching it, I didn't realize what had happened to him. So I was like, just watching the match. It was like, eh, it's like a you know gentleman's three star match or whatever else. Like I was, you know, the Usos normally have better matches. I don't know what happened. And then to find out later, like, oh well, they had to scramble to the finish in because uh, Boogs, you know, ripped, tore a quad. It was like, oh damn, I didn't even see that. Now I feel bad. Um, so so yeah, like. I, Tiny, I don't know. I think you mentioned this off air before we started. I press record, but it's like Usos have some real bad luck when it comes to WrestleManias. <laughs> they got voodoo. <laughs> just... Yeah, um, like so I remember I Alex Zane instead of Blake Christian. That's where Russell. My bad. Okay, yeah, that's right. Because didn't he face Blake Christian at uh, New Japan? New Japan. Yeah, the New Japan Tampa that show. That match was excellent show. too. Yes, yes, it was. Swerves on the roll. Um, so yeah. Uh, Champs retain. Um, what what do y'all want to see the Usos do with these titles? Like they've had them for a long ass time. Um, is what new blow would you like to see them mix it up with in the division? Like obviously, you know, there's going to be people moving back and forth um, after this. So like, who would y'all like to see? Like you know, a mix match, whether it's a uh, a makeshift tag team, whether it's a long, a, a, you know, a longer tag team that's been together and been established as a tag team. Who do y'all want to see them uh, get into it with? Tanya? Um, 
I just, I listen. WWE neglects their tag team so yep. much, and it's just. I was just thinking, like, what tag teams? Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think. Um, you know, I really like uh, Alpha Academy. If they are going to continue to go with RK Bro, then move Alpha Academy to take. I think the the belts need to be off of the Usos for another reason. We'll get to that, but they don't necessarily like. They can always win them back, but just they don't need them. Just go. They're. It's like the more they're on the Usos, the more they'll get neglected because the Usos serve a greater purpose. So get them off of them and put it on Chad Gable and Otis. And Chad and his little gimmick that's getting over with crowds and use them to build up your division, however, like, however they're going to do it. Because I don't know what tag teams they <laughs> Oh, man. Okay. Uh, Rich, is anybody in, you have in mind or are you on the um, same thing that Tanya's on where it's like, I don't even know they tag teams. Yeah, like, I like it seems like, um, I mean, they are heels, so... Yeah. The only other team I can think of that they have is like the Irish boys, like over on um, uh, Smack, like Ridge Holland and Sheamus. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they want to f- do some type of gimmick to flip the belts to them. Uh, I'm a fan of Sheamus, but I think the Usos have largely like, like there's nothing to do. Like I feel like they're in a similar boat to the New Day, where it's like I feel like they're stale. Uh, I feel like they're kind of past like you know, exciting things to to really do with them, especially if you're not going to give them, you know, any real opponents mm-hmm. or anything. Uh, I, I think they're like, like Tanya said, they, <laughs> they are of a more valuable thing. It clearly the way WWE sees it than the tag mm-hmm. team titles. And, you know, you can, you can put those belts on anybody, bring back Mustafa Ali and give him a tag team partner or something. Like I know he wants, to leave. yeah, yeah. I know he wants to leave and all that, but it's like, shit. Um, you know, if you're not going to push Drew, Drew McIntyre to the main belt, you know, maybe give him a tag team partner or something. I don't, I don't know, but, um, yeah, this was, I, I remember, um, the sponsors, uh, it looked like it was Sunny Delight that was the sponsor, <laughs> and it looked like the ring gear, Nakamura and Boogs, was like, based on that, the way they came yeah. out, like, I was like, what the fuck is this? And, I don't know, they, they just caught that, that sense of bad luck. The original sideline segment that I created for One Nation Radio a couple years ago, this used to be, like, you know, when WWE's like the roster size was increasing so much, and then there were people that were just getting left off cards, like Sasha Banks was regularly getting left off pay per view. Like, I would go through and play the Usos' old promo where they were talking about sideline, WrestleMania 27, sideline, 28, sideline, and then like all the way up to like 34 or something. They, they did mm-hmm. that. So, it like first, like that first part of the the Usos career, you got them being sidelined. They can't even get booked for WrestleMania. That was their biggest challenge. And then when they do get booked for WrestleMania, it's like some five minute match or something. Someone gets injured. Some something bad happens. They need a career defining match uh, at WrestleMania. I would say, and, but I I don't know when it's going to happen. And <laughs> if it does happen, it can be Usos versus New Day the last time ever. That's the only thing I can think of. Okay. Um, I know when the when the Street Profits first came up, they had an interaction with New Day a lot, but I don't remember recall if they mixed it up with the Usos. 
I would I like to see one of them. They fought at one of them Survivor Series. Or okay, so if that's the case, and I would like to see Street Profits versus the Usos. Um, they're one of the few teams that that WWE gives a fuck about. Um, so I would like to see them get it on, and those matches would be very damn good. So, so I'm, I that's that's the suggestion I would have for it. Um, but moving on, we can get to the next match, and then after this, we can get clear selling into the good matches. Drew McIntyre versus uh, Happy Corbin is Happy Corbin now. Um, this match was. Uh, just kind of in the dumps until Drew McIntyre uh, fought fought from underneath and fought back, and then um, by the end of it, you end up having a, a pretty a pretty decent match. Like it was not, a, I wouldn't say it's a good match, but it's close. Um, I, Corbin's just Corbin just is miscast as a single when he should be a tag guy. I think I think he could be a much more use to the roster. Um, that way, but they they tried for years and years and years, and it's never really worked out. Aside from a few moments, he's not some um, <clears throat> he's not a stiff or anything like that. It's just it, it just <laughs> doesn't have the whatever it or the lo- enough of a level of of wrestler in the ring to get it done to be somebody that's a singles act and it's been out for this long. This one Money in the Bank, that's one Andre Battle Royals, that's you know. Um, been you know been given factions to be the leader of Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre in them, uh, so I, I think that um, now is the point where they should try to transition him into a tag team. Um, but it looks like there's a tension with him and um, and Mad Cop Ma, so they're they're probably going to play that out. Uh, and I don't know who really wants to see that, but. Um, I guess, you know, for me, really, it's just onwards and upwards for, for Drew McIntyre. Tanya, I saw you send something interesting out that um, that I'm struggling to understand. With, maybe because I'm not a week-to-week viewer about Drew McIntyre. I think you had mentioned, like, his presentation now you felt like was similar to he, Roman's he, old he's presentation. Getting, yeah, he's getting Roman's old booking and. Uh, nobody should get that, especially nobody their size get it. No, but nobody like <laughs> Drew McIntyre. Like the crowd likes him. He should not be working under nobody, but like maybe Brock. If he fought Roman, he should be working under Roman. That's a big boy. Like you have him kick out and do all this. Just, just let him go out there and he he can do all these great things. Let him do that. Like I was saying about Ricochet. You don't have to figure Ricochet out. Just let him go out there and be Ricochet. And while the crowd cheering, like it's some some things they make it harder than it has to be. Drew McIntyre, they are trying to look for sympathy where we don't need we don't need to feel sorry for him. It's a big <laughs> big man with a sword, like <laughs> <laughs> and he, and he can wrestle and he's attractive. It's like you don't have to do this. They got WWE has those boxes, those famous boxes. And when you can't fit in that box, they are confused and bewildered, baby. And I just, and that's what I see with Drew. They, somebody had to get Roman's old book and Lord, I'm so sorry that it's Drew. He doing the best he can with it. And there's not a built in resentment. So it's working a little better. 
than it was with Roman. But mm-hmm. you still bored. You still bored. Okay. Yeah, I I feel bad for for Drew because like I think he's so talented. He's way more talented than being in the same position as Billy Jack Haynes at WrestleMania three, um, going on second and like I I don't know like like I I don't know what he did to deserve this. Uh, as Tanya mentioned, like of course he worked incredibly hard to like drag this guy into like something into respectability. I'll say, and um, hopefully Drew gets kind of like you know. I thought that was another good point you made, Tony. Like the so, the way they have him wrestle sometimes, he has kind of a uh, little bit of Scott Hall syndrome, like to where like he's he's way he's way big, but like he wrestles in a way where it's like sometimes you don't think he's that big, like. Mm. But um, I I like when you know, uh, especially like last year when they had McIntyre and Sheamus just beating the help beating on each other. If you're in there with another big dude, like it needs to be bomb throwing going on, not like you know. Just, not not the '80s Hogan shtick. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, yeah. Hopefully, Drew gets to uh, rise back up the card a little yeah. bit, and we'll get to the '80s Hogan shtick in like night two because they was like, "What the hell?" I think I think uh, Drew will though. I think you know they had their agenda with what they wanted to do with Roman, and they put every uh, as usual they put everybody else on ice, and it's just him being on ice. Yeah. So he was a, he he at least got on the card. That's more than some champions can say. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm gonna be nauseatingly positive, huh? <laughs> okay, let's get it. <laughs> All right. So this is where the this is where the show picks up and like you know more or less goes for the rest of the show. Uh, Ray and Dominic Mysterio versus The Miz and Logan Paul. Um. There has been a lot of shit uh, that Dominic Mysterio has gotten from all over the inter- interwebs. It has even came from uh, Rich One Rich Lotta as well. Well, I watched this match. I saw the beginning. And I saw his his uh, his shine at the beginning of this match, and I was like, "Hey, man, this ain't no this don't look like no shitty wrestler to me." Um, obviously, you know, a lot of people have, have, you know, um, concerns or not concerns, but like, just like, what exactly are they doing with him? Like, why are they trying to model him so much as his dad when his dad is the goat? Um, like that's not necessarily replicable, um, at that size, but, um, for what he did in that match, he, he looked at place. It reminded me a lot of his first few matches with Seth where he looked, he looked like he was good. Um, you know, um, later on in the match, uh, obviously the Hills get the heat back. Big heat spot from from uh, Logan Paul. He looked fantastic, uh, in shape, tall, looked athletic, looked like he, he had command of and knew what he was doing uh, most of the night. He, quite frankly, looked better than Miz uh, for for much of the match. Um, and and then Rake and then they built the heat on him and Miz both hit uh, built the heat on Dominic, which led to the hot tag for Ray. Ray went wild. Ray, I, we'll, we'll all be dead before Ray is ever washed. <laughs> At this point, he's, he's he's like he's literally the tenth one in the world in wrestling kayfabe. Uh, he's still awesome. He he, he was great. Uh, they cut them off, and then by the end, um, there's a I think there's a malfunction at the junction, but ultimately, uh, the heels end up getting uh the better of Ray. Um, oh, uh, they cut off. I think they shut down Dominic and ultimately that led to Ray's demise. Ray is getting pinned at the end of the night. Uh, you end up with uh, Miz raising it, raising up 
uh, Logan Paul's hand. He's looking around. He makes a face and he gives a skull crush finale to Logan Paul. Logan Paul, from what I have heard, gets booed no matter what he does. They have tried to portray him as a person that is second guessing the things that Miz has him do. Um, but the crowd still boos him. He went to, he's from, uh, Ohio. He tried to get the baby face. I'm the local here. He still got shat on. And then Miz gave him that skull crush finale to turn, you know, to get more heat. And that wasn't the heat. That was a pop. And like Miz is now in that situation where it's like, I, I, I've seen Hills do, I've seen Hills in these situations. And they, and you can handle it two ways. Either you can refocus or you can relish it and roll with it and get yourself over in spite of the, uh, spite of what your booker is trying to get you to do. Huh, nudge, nudge, triple fucking H. So, um, yeah, uh, they're off to the races with a Logan Paul Miz match, uh, but uh, this match was very fun. I ended up giving this match three and a half stars. Very good match. Uh, Tanya, what what did you think? Um, I just think Dominic's young. Like people want to rush him. Let him give him some time with his daddy. I'm just waiting for him to, you know, turn on him and do the little Eddie shimmy. It's coming, but you know. Let him give him some time. People want to rush stuff, and then when you rush it and it's not good, you be mad. Let the boy, let him cook, let him marinate. He got, they got a little bit longer for this, you know, story that they telling to come out. Um, of course, you know, people when I don't know why, like wrestling, one of the most problematic thing. Like the people that run wrestling are problematic. <laughs> But then when you get somebody that come in that's problematic, like Logan Paul, everybody's like, oh, no, what are we to do? Like, just watch mm-hmm. it. Like, you watch all the other problematic Yeah. <laughs> like, you're watching WWE. Like, come off the high horse. He did a good job. It was, um, I kind of knew that the Miz wasn't going to take to that and that they've been setting it up for a while. The Miz in been going a while with these Paul brothers, and I always thought it was going to lead to a match with them one day, so this is just the next step. I hope uh, I hope they build something with like Ray and Dominic losing, you know. I hope that means something, but you know, it's WWE. They'll just come out happy and skipping <laughs> probably tonight, you know, like, and never talk about it. <laughs> so my thing with that would be like, I, I like if the segment had ended like when they got pinned, like we would have kind of been left with that. The thing they wanted us to leave, or they wanted to leave us with, was uh, the angle at the end. Logan Paul and Miz is the most important thing. Like, imagine, like, why would they beat Ray here? Why wouldn't they beat Dominic? Like, I wasn't particularly impressed with Dominic. I did like their um, their gear, the El, the Los Gringos Locos tribute. Uh, I'm looking at Dominic's age. He will be 25 years old on april 5th which is tomorrow uh at midnight actually here so um he he will be the same age that kazusuko okada was when he first defeated hiroshi tanahashi uh pretty much so i'm not buying the age thing like like because the greatest wrestler ever was 25 when he got his got his push you gotta compare oh man headline their biggest show of the year yeah man uh Look, 
this he feels like charity still to me and something's going on right. she's doing tornadoes and, and and arm drag head scissors we can't be out here talking about his charity i understand i understand you you, you dug in but come on now you, I understand, I understand, but he was out here doing rich lot of pro wrestling last night, and you acting like he like you blind now. Yeah, I I I, I don't see it. Okay, uh, but I like Logan Paul. I was rooting for Logan Paul to do well. Um, I don't have I like I was saying in one of the group chats like he came to prominence during a time where I I missed all that like why people don't like him and all that or his brother. I know his brother does like some some other stuff that people don't like, but as far as Logan Paul. I, I don't have a problem with a guy like, you know, wanting to succeed. And, uh, you know, he's paid and, you know, whatever he gets in, it looks like he dedicates himself to it. So I was a lot more impressed with him. Huh. Who? Don't say it. Don't oh, even say material. it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you should say Bad Bunny because people. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. You no, was no. A- Oh, the slander bad bunny and you need to stop that is a, the most natural baby face I've seen in the past 10 years stop it nah, like <laughs> it, like if it takes like I, I think the deal with uh, I saw some posts like WWE put out like who's more impressive out of both of them and I'm like man that's hard man like I, I've been like around like wrestling rings and it's just like not like I've stood in a ring before like went up on the it's like it's awkward being in there, man. And then, like, just the way you got to move around, and then, like, you come out here under all those bright lights, and you know you can only practice so much, but you got to get in there and do it. And for them mm-hmm. to both come off as as well as they did, like, that's a credit to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. There. I'm. I'm going. I'm going to say it. The way these matches were were built, and the things they did in these matches. If you are, if you have an athletic person, you can drill someone to do this stuff, right? Like, and this goes back to even like the Angela Williams thing at uh, TNA a couple years back, right? Where it's like, if you have people that are athletically gifted, you can, you can coach them through a match. But the thing is, like with WWE, is like with their with their actual wrestlers that are full time and are there every single at, at every single show, they say don't. They say don't do all that party fun stuff that like the celebrities get to do to make like they can stand out and you know like they can actually do this get you know this is awesome and you know or even like if you're you know a returning person you, you still got a chance like they say nah you need to go out here and then learn how to grind out these 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 you know mat mat holds or whatever says so like this is like the fundamental or not the fundamental but like this is one of the key differences between like AEW and WWE is like whatever style you do that got you over wherever you were, you can do that over at AEW. And WWE, they still have this thing, especially with pace. Pace is number one thing, but they still have this this mentality that was like, it doesn't matter what you did before, it doesn't matter how long you wrestled, we need to plug you into our machine to do what we need you to do, regardless of whatever. And like sometimes, I feel like, or a lot of times, I feel like that is against better judgment um and we end up with you know some of these matches being like you know poorly paced or whatever else and it's like okay you could have solved this with letting someone just basically do their thing tell them to go out there and do what they need to do that whatever you need the producer to do 
uh, to tell them to do and then like figure it out in their own way by going through those bullet points or whatever else. But like, it's so at times it could be so just, it feels like it's, it feels like to me, like, it's like, we, we, we almost need to show you how to wrestle. And it's like, well, then y'all hire me. Yeah. It's like, didn't you hire us because, or hire some of these people because you already saw what they did somewhere and you were like intrigued or just like, no, nah, we just, we just buying, we just picking up bodies off the street uh, to, to plug in it or whatever. And like, that's fine. But then you sometimes end up in a situation where it's like, why, why are the celebrities better wrestlers than, than fuck having better wrestling matches than the fucking wrestlers? You know? Um, so, uh, whatever. It's just, it's just a thing that I've noticed at times where it's kind of is like, ever since, like, about Ronda, celebrities don't miss no more. And it, it makes you wonder, like, obviously, there, for a celebrity, you should have more focus on making sure that, like, everything goes off smooth, but it's like, shouldn't, like, all, shouldn't all the, like, the trains leave the station at the same time for every single match we do here. So yeah, that's that's the thing I'm just I'm just have concerns about sometimes when it comes to WWE, like great match whatever else, but it's like, all right now like let's let's make sure AJ and in 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 Edge don't lay on the mat for like most of the last half at last half of the match, right? Um, so- Look, hold on. <laughs> listen, Edge has been doing that, but we can get to that when we get yeah. Oh, yeah. See? See? All right, so look, <laughs> the, the pack is coming out for, for, for Mr. Edge, boy. So, ne- right, so um, next match after that, um, you get the best match of the of the entire two-day event. Becky Lynch versus um, <clears throat> Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair. Uh, Raw Women's title match. Um, this match at at first started rough, and then it kept going, and Bianca and Bailey kept pulling out, especially Bailey, Becky, especially Becky pulling out like these Joshi moves that like, you know, I was like, wait a second, this this some shit out of all Japan women's from the nineties. <laughs> uh oh shit, she just pulled out like this Io Shirai move from like two thousand thirteen that like Io don't do no more. Like what what? Like when she hit like basically like the Molly go round deal, I was like, okay. Uh, when she ended up doing the her, you know the the Momorachi Hurricane pin thing, I was like, okay. And it was, and then Bianca tying that in with Bianca stuff, uh, where Bianca could just do anything, because uh, she's so gifted and like Bianca is someone that I thought could be special, but like as as you're watching these WrestleMania matches, you're just like she could do this every year. This could be her thing. Just come out and just four, four and a half here, four stars here every single year. Like at this point, like shit. Have look, people were talking about like who people say this all the time. Who's going to beat Roman? Who uh, who should take the belts off Roman? I'm here to say it right now, Bianca should take the belts off Roman at this point. Fuck it, why not? The way she's doing it, why not? We we got a better big match performer right now in WWE. When it, when it, when the chips are down. When we need when we need to go get forty, do we have anybody on the main roster that has that do, that's doing it better than Bianca right now with a right with the right opponent? I've been I've been saying this for like a, a, a at least a year now, so. But um, long, everybody listen to me. Yeah, moral of the story: um, Bianca's great. 
Becky had her working shoes on. Um, after the after the first initial start of some roughness, it just kept getting better and better and better until ultimately um, Bianca uh, reverses out of something, ends up getting the KOD and puts away Be- uh, Becky. Um, great match. Um, and one of the better examples of WWE, like in recent years, like when you when we get on their asses for, for being really bad and fickle with their own long form storytelling, this was the this is one example for for you say, look, why can't you do this more often? So um, hats off to them uh, for uh, sticking to their guns, like because you know obviously I still want my fucking Sasha and, and uh, Bianca two match, but. Um, to get to what they got to at uh, SummerSlam, to get to here, um, and, and still had her, you know, in the in the back of people's minds as far as you know, Survivor Series and um, and Royal Rumble, a, a really a really good Royal Rumble finish, uh, placing or whatever else, and you know, beating on a giant like Vince likes to have her ba- his baby faces do. Um, he he committed to her. Um, and we'll see what they have for her because, like, I'm concerned that, like, eventually Becky has to get it back because of what they want to do next year at WrestleMania. But, uh, for the time being, like, Bianca is just, just, she's two for two right now with classics. WrestleMania classics. Tanya, what you got on this match? What do you think they want to do next year? Oh, Becky Ronda. Are you sure? Yeah. She got beat by a big boot. Yeah. Well, the, we'll get to that. Uh-huh. We'll get to it, but um, but yeah, the logic I got behind a theory on that. The logic behind that is well, <laughs> if she just beats her, how? What? What does Ronda do then? Like, so let's continue the feud. Uh, Ronda win. Ronda will probably hold on to the belts for a while, and eventually they'll get to that next year. Um. If it had been me, I would have, you know, I would have done, I would have done it here. But next year is in LA. Ronda's from South California. Whatever, that's that's how they want to play it. Like they did the triple threat match, you know, when they shouldn't have done it. So the way to do it, to, you know, to spend the whole calendar year is you do the you do the Becky match here. I'm sorry, the Charlotte match here, and then, um, WrestleMania next year, if she after doing another year, she wants to get out, this is the exit point there. You have Becky send her off. And by that point in time, you can have Becky turn babyface again because no one ever wanted to boo her in the first place. No, I'm, uh, a lot of a lot of us black women have been wanting to boo Becky Lynch, and uh, we are tired of y'all trying to speak for us. <laughs> Do tell. I, I, I'm unaware of you. Uh, uh, I don't know how y'all are, but uh, she got a lot of backlash for that 26 seconds for a reason that uh, a lot of people ain't ever felt Becky. They never thought don't I don't want to get into the man gimmick and how some women don't like how she had to take all the femininity out of herself. Essentially, to get this big, huge push by the company. A lot of people weren't going for that. We like the lipstick and all that, and all that. We like the Sasha Banks and the Bianca Belairs. That they're just them. They didn't have mm-hmm. see that with Becky. 
a lot of us see all these things as her putting on an act. So she was being a good be. girl. She's putting on an act. She's giving them what they want to see from a champion. And that's not, we, it's a lot of people don't see, like, y'all, me, oh, she's authentic. We don't see that as that. She is mm. not authentic. She, she is putting on this act to be in that right. position. That's the same. But now when she went to Big Time Bex, she, you see how she, the way she dressed and the way she carrying herself, the way she acting. It's because she is chasing being that champion. She is chasing that adulation. A lot of people never wanted to give that to her anyway. That's what Bianca represents for us. <laughs> I'm telling you. Uh, a lot of people... like It's it's deep with Becky. People don't want to say it out loud, but it's true. A lot of them saw how... Oh, well, the crowd when Sasha first got called up, People were shouting, we want Sasha, we want Sasha. We did not get Sasha. So when the crowd on Becky's side, now all of a sudden, oh, we can get Becky, though. And it's been a lot of resentment from that for a while. So Bianca beating Becky for a lot of women's wrestling fans, that was a cyber. It would have been hell on social media had Becky beat her. I'm telling you. Oh. Okay, so I have a question, right? I always so, associated the Sasha thing with Charlotte personally, but it's more it's both of them. But more but, but you're right, it's, it's mostly both, Charlotte. Thank, it's mostly thank Charlotte. Thank you. It's mostly Charlotte, but it's Becky too. Like, so um so I have a question, right? So um from your perspective, watching the Becky stuff, um the Becky and Bianca build throughout, like let's say from this year, from this this year to uh, this weekend, did you feel like she was trying to big league Becky, or sorry uh, Bianca, or do you feel like she was actually trying to get her over? I think she was trying to get her over, but okay. you see the people right the people who write the show white, right? And yeah, a lot of they another thing they don't understand is they irritated they kept doing and going and her hair coming at Bianca her hair. Yep. Oh baby, <laughs> it's a lot of black women. Like I'm, and I'm. To, I I follow a lot of black female wrestling fans, so understand everybody who's watching this. This is not me talking right now. I, I am speaking for these women that I have followed for months and years, and I have seen their tweets. I have seen the problems they have with people like Becky. Charlotte, Alexa, I know y'all put them in a different category, but all these white women in the same box when it comes to it, we, they are, they are, they all in that same box of if if, if when it come down to it, no matter who should win, it's gonna pick the white one. <laughs> yeah, it's just the truth, and the fact, and the fact that because Bianca faced Sasha, that was two black women. A lot of black female wrestling fans needed to see. Bianca come out the way she did and win the way she did. I get that. And if they had to fuck that up. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and I, I still um, stand on the notion that they shouldn't have did that to her at SummerSlam. There were a million ways you could have got there. Like that 26 yeah. second thing was, was trash. It was terrible. Well, I will never accept the retcon right. of this being that being necessary right. to get I never had got. a problem with it. 
because they do that like they did this to Daniel Bryan. So yeah, you're right. The thing for me at WrestleMania, they did to him at WrestleMania. Right. So they like doing it. I I understand why they did it. I do. Yeah, it's martyr booking, but like with Daniel Bryan, it was like really the first real notable time it ever happened. And that's why people, you know, added up the way they added up for literally half a decade, right? Um, but Bianca was like, she didn't get that. You know, I have, you know, I have questions as to why um, from the crowd why that didn't happen to her. But for me, it was like watching that su- that SummerSlam. They know Sasha's not there. They run you this whole long. They run you this thing. whole long con with, with Carmella that, that and all that stuff. Then they then they pulled then they played the Becky music and it was like do exactly what y'all did except have like a ten minute match and get the fuck on and you can't say that Becky wasn't ready because she hit the ground running after winning the belt so it was like so it was like y'all just did this to you know test test Bianca slash embarrass her slash see if, see if the crowd was gonna get get her more over it with the you know, quote unquote Marvel booking. There were reports that said that they they saw how Bianca handled like she had to do press after after she, she lost. And Nikki Bella and was like, was "This so is bullshit." So yes, they did test. They they do that. They do that all the time. So I hate this shit. They were Just, literally testing her in front of everybody. Man, hey, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's like, such a, it's such a mind fuck when you deal with this. Like, and and obviously, you know, that's the history of this company. Was like. Why does everybody have to have to go through all this bullshit? Like this is fucking hazing. Can we just like can we just can we just have people be fucking adults and that are going to do their job and work hard and then you put and then you slot them to do X Y and Z in your TV show and then they do X Y and Z and if they do it well you say you did a good job thank you instead of fucking with people I I like they do this shit for years they do this shit for like, years Hey Roman Hey Roman. We told we know we, we promised you and told your family that you were gonna win the belt. Hey, how about this? 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 We'll have your friend cash in on you and then like and then but you'll get it back. Oh, when it's time for you to get it back, hey, hey Roman, how about this? How about this? We're gonna have Brock Lesnar, former UFC heavyweight world heavyweight champion, hit you with a shoot fucking elbow in the head, and then you're gonna fight through it, and then at the end of it, they're going to have uh, Brock, pick you up and lift you up after busting your fucking head over to the white meat and beat you with his fake fucking wrestling move when it was supposed to be your night again. Stop fucking with people. This is the shit that pisses me off because it's like, I'm here, I, I don't look, I'm mostly here for the storylines, but after that or for the storylines to make sense and the wrestling to be good. After that, I'm here for the wrestlers. So when the management and the bookers and the producers start do all these fucking games that I hear about, I'm just like, what 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 are we doing? What are we doing? For for, for who? For what? Yeah, I, I think some of this uh some of the storyline was like kind of reverse engineered and they kinda of like told us a lot. Like I obviously had problems with Becky Lynch cutting promos about things that never happened. Right. Uh in the storyline. Like I, I think Becky's performance like was uh a lesser version of herself. Like if I, I felt like she kind of lost her fastball, like in the, in the lead up with the promos and Pro just how she's been. She had her um, time. Yeah. Like how she's been the last couple months, but like they came to this match and it was like, uh, you know, 
like at first, like I wasn't. I, I thought they were going way. They were wrestling at a pace where it felt like the match was going to end in under ten minutes, like mm. when it started. And I thought there was going to be like some some type of screwiness. Of course, like I had heard the deal about um, Bianca cutting Becky's hair uh, Monday, and I was like, oh no. And I mm. had I had gone into the the dark the dark room of thinking like, well, you know, we know what they want to do next year. Uh, they'll fuck around and, and have Becky win and then lose that bitch like shortly after to Bianca and then like the one show they watch a year, uh, you know, have Becky and uh, Ronda be winners. But um, I guess that this it was a whole nother way. Um, but yeah, it turned into a really good match. Like it was, it felt like the the big atmosphere and there was no bullshit in it. That was that was the good thing. And it was like. Becky even stayed away from like the cheating necessarily, and it was like I felt like I was watching just the the right when when I clamor for uh, a match to go twenty minutes and we find out who the superior person is. This is like the definition of that. So like when I hear um like when I hear about like someone like oh yeah they they beat him in five minutes or something it was a squash and like that doesn't really tell me anything. Like this tells me something. Um now that puts us with Bianca in the almost the same position as we were last year um i they still have to show me like you know some type of like know-how and follow through execution with opponents because it's not how you win the title it's how you keep the title like you know who's lined up for is like you know like great example is like with hangman when he won like they had brian danielson ready for him afterward and then after that they had adam cole yeah and then adam cole and then between that they had lance archer so like that's like you can't start a champion better than that so uh if they pull her out there and she gets into a few of the wrong people, I don't know what they're going to do. And I I feel like they have not earned that trust uh, mm-hmm. for us to be like, yeah, you know, this is a done deal. This is this is for sure. She's a star, ready-made like that. Yeah. Like, Bianca is excellent. I love cool. Bianca. I, right. I, I, like, think she's possibly, I, I got, like, the I got best I got serious like concerns about somebody's, like, taste and, and just, like, mentality if they don't, like, if they don't, like, like Bianca. It, I just... Like what? Like, like she's wh- probably the best American woman women's wrestler right now. Um, big match. I mean, I probably just off rep. I probably still go with Sasha, but outside of that, um, probably yeah. And and I think um, like it's nothing on her. It's just I don't like. I felt like even last year was like it was it was like the the end of night one. It was like. A better match even i think last year and you saw what they did with it and it was like i, I have no reason to trust these people but i mean that's the, I'll, that, I'll go for that's, a quarter that's the thing with that's the thing with with bianca for me anyway like i can have all my questions about uh what they're doing with her as far as building her in the trajectory to be on the way up as opposed to just after you get past the, the initial blip of the show being right back where you were but then the bell rings, and then like at least he's like you know when she's in there on in big matches defending the belt, with, with, whether it was with Bailey or um or you know the WrestleMania matches. Like once the bell rings, she manages to like all the cynicism I have about this company and the well earned cynicism I have about this company. Like she's the only motherfucker that's that, that, that's like able to melt it away while I'm while a lot of matches are going on. Like she has me like that. I don't know about any of y'all, but like she, she literally like just like 
never mind that for now. Like she, like she has like the fucking glow to me. Like she's the one. So, um, and like you know, I, me and you have been talking about Bianca in in um to and also also to the extent like as far as like the next person that should be with her is like the next class to you know be to the you know next re- level of star. Like her, her and Rhea were always the ones we were talking about as far as like those two. Like, they should be packing the horsewoman up, essentially. Yeah, yeah, more or less. Like, not necessarily packing them up, but like being put on that same stage, to, like be, giving wins over them to be put on that same stage where, like, two, three years from now, they could be the ones you know looked at in that same exact level. Like, and for me, like, this goes back to like them in NXT together when it's like I used to watch. We I would watch them and be like, "This is this is fucking Jim Walter She Hulk versus versus Wonder Woman. This is awesome." Like. Who? What the fuck are y'all doing with Lacey Evans out here? Get her the fuck out of here! Boy, what are y'all doing? Look, gr- great, great moments in One Nation Radio history. In yeah. 2018, we—I think I want to say it was the either the show before WrestleMania that we did. Wasn't like, it 2000? Wasn't early 2019? You know what? It might have been 2019. Like, um, we—it uh, broke out of nowhere, and I was like. What the? It was essentially like, what the fuck does Lacey Evans have that Bianca Belair doesn't? And and it was just like it. It was like a twenty minute segment out of nowhere. It was just like it was just like, what are y'all doing? Like, yeah, if if y'all don't like, if if y'all are being racist or whatever the fuck y'all are doing, then like, there's also another making model that more matches the blonde white woman vibe. And like, (laughs) she's fucking awesome too. So what are y'all doing? And then sure enough, she was out there. And she was having them fucking awful segments that were at her getting Becky under, um, and you know, you know that look what happened. So yeah, like it's like it's not like it's not like we're some master talent evaluators. We're just watching this shit like everyone else watches. Like what are y'all seeing? It, it makes y'all think Lacey Evans is better than Rhea Ripley or Bianca Belair. What? Um, uh, whatever. Uh, but um, you know. That's one thing to look at because, like, the word is with the whole, you know, vampire click the edge is doing. Word is Bianca or uh, Rhea might be in, might be in the game. So, like, she is going to be a vampire. I want to see the vampire versus Bianca. Like, they they're gonna have to they're gonna have to stop hiding it from me. They're gonna have to put it on pay per view, and they're gonna need to go out and they're gonna go out there and do their thing, and then they're gonna have to stop sleeping on uh, Rhea too because Rhea is should be, you know. Position that way, but like she was out here being asked to go out there, have Look, a great roll, match, and job to, to to Charlotte, which is like around great with story, Charlotte. great story, great story. You guys told like I wanted, I wanted to prove myself that I'm the anti Charlotte because people kept calling me Charlotte. I would do everything out to be different from her, and then what happens? Babyface goes out there and gets fucking hammered like a nail. So, um, yeah. Uh, so now that she's a heel, she'll I, I, she'll probably get wins that way to come up, and I and like hopefully SummerSlam. Uh, whether it's Bailey back or or Charlotte or or Rhea, like I want to see Bianca in a big match with one with someone <clears> on that level too. Um, to keep continue this kind of thing where she's like she just the big match, you know, the big match star that she that she has proven showing herself to be so far. Ah, Bruce in the in the chat. He said, "Didn't Ronda bite someone at some point? Shouldn't she be the vampire?" No, it was not Ronda. It was Shayna Baszler. <laughs> Think of what they did to like Ron or uh, look think of what they did to 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 Ron or sorry not Ronda but to Becky after she won the rumble that year. Think of the stupid things they threw at her. 
Oh man. Um. Yeah, you already know what it's time for. Uh, uh up next. So get your tape decks ready, like Lloyd Banks about to say. So <laughs> next match, you have Seth Rollins coming out looking like he skinned a a uh, Cookie Monster. Um, he comes down to the ring, um, and he says, "Don't hope, keep me waiting." They they stall it out for forever. They let out the pyro, which like should have been should let you know that it was gonna be Cody because Cody. If Cody, if nothing else, is gonna let off that pyro, um, and then they let down the lights. Uh, some people thought after Undertaker said that you know never say never that it might be a, they, he might backdoor his way into another check, um, but that that turned out not to be the case. Um, you know, the, the, the sound comes off, and he said, you know, there's there, there's more than one world family in wrestling. Um, the crowd goes banana. And um, Cody comes out dressed head to toe with his AEW music, his AEW blonde, bleach blonde hair, his AEW. Uh, the Slave Master fit. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, and he basically, he just basically, he may as well have just came from doing a job to Sammy Guevara. Uh, he comes out, the crowd <laughs> is, in, is just in love with him. Uh, Seth smiles because like this fucking geek that was a mid card that was a mid card trying to fight me. Okay, I don't give a damn. Uh, they start the match and uh, they had a very good match. Uh, how good was it? Um, I'm not quite sure. I think there I think there are wild fluctuations between people's opinions of this match. Um, like I said about Seth Rollins matches over over the like the last few years now, probably since like 2018, nothing really matters until he does the the uh, whatever variation of Falcon Arrow he's gonna do, and then it's on. Um, so a lot of that feels like it's just you know stat padding. But to be fair, you said about a lot of wrestlers like do, what really what really happens in an Okada match until the drop kick happens, right? Um, obviously he's not fucking Okada, but you, it's the same kind of thought process. Um, so. Then you know at the by the end of it, Cody gets the better of of Seth. He hits uh like his rolling two back to back um crossroads. He gets him up for a third. Um, in much like in AEW when you hit people with a wild session of them, the crowd will get hotter and hotter every time he did it. And then this time he you know he lets go. He hits the uh the uh the flip flop and fly from Dusty. Then he hits the third crossroads and he uh, pins uh Seth and um. They have something hot for now. Um, we'll see where this goes. Um, I'm interested to see how this uh, goes. I think it's beneficial for them and beneficial for us as wrestling fans for them to do well by Cody or do good by Cody so that you can get this matriculation of talent back and forth because um, that's most important for the business and to keep this thing fresh because, like, I'm not trying to see Randy... I'm not trying to see another person have a Randy Orton tenure where they're just there in one place for, you know, damn near two decades because, like, you've exhausted all that. Like, it's you got to move this stuff and, and have fresh matchups. That's lifeblood of wrestling is to get the, you know, mix, ma- mix and match the toys and different uh, ring sets you got. So, um, I, so far, so so far, very, very good. Uh, uh, what were your thoughts, Tanya? I'm going to be honest. By the time, like, okay, you know, Bianca just won, so I was celebrating. So I was throwing back Tequila shots. So, <laughs> most of the match, I was distracted by what Seth had on. 
<laughs> Y'all gotta forgive me. He, it was it was see through, and all I saw was thighs. So um, <laughs> you was on those hours, huh? I will. I you know it's an adrenaline. It's resume. I'll judge adrenaline, in a couple. Of... <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, I'm just having fun with it right now. I'm just. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna judge too hard until he he, he gets settled. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we're all trying to see like how this goes when he settles to whatever his actual like uh you know yeah. uh line well, I is heard because he was cry- I heard he was crying in the promo already tonight and doing that thing that he does. No, like, he face cried so, again. That, yeah, know, well, so, he, yeah. Um so Yeah, he did that. Can we, no no before you get versus, to it, give it no, because I know you're about to go into gimmick mode. Like give me like your honest evaluation thoughts on it and then oh, get to it. Oh, okay. Oh, that's what I was doing. So you went yeah. straight to the gimmick. Pro. You know, oh, okay, okay. I'm pro. I'm you, pro. Okay, you a pro. Go ahead. Okay. The floor so, is yours. Um, excellent presentation. Uh, when he comes out, the this is the cool thing. Sometimes with WWE it does where they let it kind of sit and marinate. Uh, I don't like AEW's entrances when they do this because I don't know if you guys ever noticed when they bring the people out to the ring, they just start the music of the next person. There's no like. Mm-hmm. Just kind of period where they breathe because they're trying to right. maximize every single minute or whatever. Um, in this case, that slight delay worked. Seth Rollins looked fucking ridiculous. Uh, this man's wearing sh- wearing sheer uh, <laughs> lingerie out to the ring, damn near. But um, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Forget that. Uh, Cody comes out, of course. Uh, tons of pyro from the front to the back of the ramp, uh, then up the side. Uh, straight AW presentation, as you mentioned. Um, he comes out. Everyone goes crazy. I thought the pop was fake at first, so I listened back to it and have on that, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, it's real, because you know they, you can't trust them. You know they they pipe noise in and, and stuff like that. And I don't know if you remember in the group at the time. I was like, was that a fake pop? Because like you know, uh, I don't, I can't, I can't trust these people. But um, <laughs> I, you saw people jumping up and down in that fucking crowd. You thought it was a fake pop, Richie? Rich, come on now. You really? Bro, this how you want to go a- out on this? Bro, I, I, bro, I can't trust these people. Like, oh, like man. they have no, like the, these people are the type of people to sell sixty five thousand uh, tickets and then lie about it anyway. Like, this is this is who we're dealing with. That's true. Um, so they come out, they have the match, and that shit is a mausoleum for the first half of this match. Like, it's, it's mm-hmm. you can hear a pin drop in that motherfucker. Like, you can, you know, I'm they got quiet watching it, and I'm like, oh, so they were here for the entrance, they were here for for the surprise. And then the wrestling started, and then it was like, whoa. Luckily, it was, they So it was they a Monday night. It, wait, so it was a Monday night rock crowd? Felt like it. Um, but luckily they turned it around and it felt like they they were going, they were attempting to have some type of classic match or whatever. And it was like, oh, okay. And they did a lot of kickouts. If it was me and I was Cody, I wouldn't have let someone kick out of my finish on the first night, but whatever. Um, that's kind of you know the way he wanted to build his match. I thought Seth uh, did a lot of great work in this match. He was uh, you know not someone that I've particularly been impressed by the last couple of years. Just seeing like all the wrestling around the world, seeing Seth Rollins in his I would say past his prime stage at this point. And uh, but he he came tonight, and if it was like a one night, uh, can can you go? Like Seth is is dependable in WWE as anyone I would say at this point, and. Um, I I thought the match was good. Like, and I I would probably go like three three point seven five, maybe four stars if I'm you know if I'm feeling generous or anything like that. 
but I have come to celebrate. It is time. <laughs> got to zoom. Got to zoom in for your boy. I am happy. Cody Rose came out, and I no longer have to have to worry about him showing back up in AEW. Cody Rose came back out, and I don't have to worry about uh, this this crippling character that it, that has poisoned the, the television show for like the last seven months. He can take that shit over there, there, Titan Sports, and then you. Um, <laughs> And then uh, we, we got the rollout of, of everything w- with Cody here. And my God, I have gathered a collection of some of the re- most ridiculous lies. And then um, he, immediately he does an interview after with David Shoemaker. Um, and they, there's a coordinated rollout. There's a variety album or a variety article that comes out during the match. So, like, this was, like, some some well-orchestrated, like, hey, I'm going to be quiet for two months and then, like, let it all off and why well, I tell you he couldn't stop letting it off it was at a at, at a clip of cap that of legendary levels um we have this man randomly lying about who his favorite wrestler of all time is for some some weird reason I don't I don't know why um this guy came out here and was was saying stuff like you know, uh, and, and I've got his quote here. He said there weren't any true guarantees. There was a request. I said I never want to see Stardust ever again. I never want to hear, see, or talk about it. And there was a handshake, and that was all he needed. Meanwhile, he gets in the match and does the damn uh, Stardust cartwheel in this shit. Like, come on, in like the first um, five minutes of the match. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're gonna come out of the Zoom a little bit, but um, we will get to the lyrics of his song in just a minute. I will never forget that before uh, Cody was in the Bullet Club and, and being saved by uh, the Bucks and Kenny Omega, you know, he was the GFW champion uh, for, you know, the Jeff Jarrett, you know, that, that man was holding the the gold from the, uh, the, the goldsmith, I would say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> One of the biggest so. scammers in the history of the business. Yes. So, so much like that scammer, um, I'm, you know, I, there, there's been a thing on, on Twitter that uh, I've sent James uh, over the past like year or so, and it's this thing like we would uh, talk about LeBron and his level of lying, um, and then Cody has, has joined this esteemed uh, club. He he said things like, "I wrestled everyone I wanted to wrestle when I was in AW. I truly had." Um, in comparison to six months ago when he said he couldn't wait to wrestle Adam Cole. Okay, sure. So. It is my request and my um, my my request to you guys. When Cody says these things, it's not about what he says; it's about what he doesn't say. That actually reveals what he is trying to say. And this is what I've been on pretty much with evaluating his AEW career because you can look at a statement like that: "I wrestled everyone I wanted to wrestle there." All that tells me is, all right. I'll believe you. Yep, you wrestled everyone you wanted to wrestle. Okay, so why didn't you want to wrestle this list of names over here that I got? <laughs> like that, or it's telling me you don't want to wrestle these people or whatever. Um, Cody Rhodes also believes he's the best wrestler in the world. What? Um, so Cody Rhodes also uh, told Denise Salcedo that 95% of his conversation with Vince McMahon was about his daughter. It's not about the money because everyone in wrestling pays good now. And then uh, the other side of the mouth, he says, WWE gave him a bus. What? Um, 
<laughs> you know, you guys are already aware uh, of him saying he wants to be uh, an executive for life with Tony Khan and all elite wrestling. And then, you know, now he, he he's really like, said he never really wanted to be. <laughs> now he never wanted to be, you know, a, a um, an executive never wants to do it again. He wants to be a champion and all this stuff. And it's like, n- like nigga, like you were the one that wanted this. What you came up with this gimmick, and we'll say gimmick because that's exactly what it was. And, and I and I've gone through this in, in so many of my group chats of you not challenging for the championship, right? It is that was a gimmick. Like it, you know, I got a lot of clarity when Tony Khan said, "I know who my first four champions were, and I've known since 2019." You were never in that. So, in order to, uh, you know, to come up with something for him, he'll never challenge for the belt. So you know what that means? He wrestled everyone he wants to wrestle. He doesn't have to lose any of these people that are orbiting around that belt. And I'll work with the young people and put them over on my terms, and I'll get the. The sympathy, the sympathy out of that. The oh, credit so for him un- for getting somebody over. Oh, he's so unselfish. Da, 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 all that. All right, let's keep going because I, I I come prepared, everybody. So he he then comes in in an interview. I believe this is with Ariel Hawani. Said you know the talk the trash talking is lazy. I hope no one throws like AEW bingo hall stuff at me or whatever and all that. Um, I, I I will credit Drain Bamager, um, who said, dude, in your final AEW promo. You talked about Punk's pipe bomb, took shots at Walter's new name, badmouthed the PC classes, and bragged about beating NXT in the ratings. Like, and this is just incredible. Um, let's let's take a, a look at this tweet from 2018 from Cody. Wrestlers have never been more talented and responsible. The people in charge of wrestlers have never been more clueless and irresponsible. Need to band together. Where is he going back to? Tucking his tail. Um he talked about growing up with Sting as his favorite wrestler. He talked about then saying, despite smashing the throne, Triple H is his favorite wrestler. Um, this guy, astronomical levels. And now, now when he comes to Monday Night Raw, he is playing Kingdom. I saw the BTE Sport account send this stuff out as if they wanted people to start trying to learn the words so they can <laughs> sing along to this stuff. And the funny thing about it is this is, you know, for those that don't know, like this song was like made for him and it's like a diss song to WWE. So the yeah. funny part is obviously it's like, like people, you you bent or you didn't believe in me, so I'll make my own kingdom. That's more or less the gist of the song. So so the funny thing is like like people are like, yo, how is WWE gonna play this song that's dissing them and all this stuff? No, they're playing this song. They own this nigga now. Like they like you gonna come out here, bring that shit in, and be like, we bought you anyway, ho. That's 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 what this is. Like this this is it. So let's let's go through these lyrics here, man. I I, I got you know, I, I like to, part, to to do this on my own YouTube channel sometime. I'm not gonna play the song because that's gonna be a lot to ask of James to find everything for the podcast version. So we're just gonna go through the lyrics. So we got adrenaline in my soul, every fight out of control, do it all to get them off their feet. Crowd is here about to blow, waiting for me to start the show. Out the curtain, the lights go up. I'm home. Whoa. My father said when I was younger, hard times breed better men. Then you took it all away. I give it all away. Can't take my freedom. Here to change the game. Made a banner of pain. I built my kingdom. 
Now you bow to me. You took my dreams, but not my name. What? Who's bound to who at this point, buddy? Um, he said, you'll follow me until the end. I am my kingdom. And then lights go down. I'm ready now. Tear the roof off this town. Going to give them what they came to see. Hear the crowd on their toes, ready for me to start the show. Out the curtain. Lights go up. I'm home. My father said when I was younger, all this stuff about Dusty, and he's already starting the Dusty stuff. Like yeah. He's going to implant his... Um, his NWA championship quest into this WWE championship quest. Yep. It's coming. Um, you tried to tell me what to do. I saw the door and kicked it down. I stepped right over and through right now, and you can never stop me now. I am the king, and you're the crown. Watch me as I take my throne and rule my kingdom. Where do you plan to do all this, Cody Rose? <laughs> With the super intercontinental belt on Raw. Oh my god. <laughs> like just it, it it fits so well because like the lack of self self awareness that yes. um that that he displays WWE consistently. Yes, consistently. And and this goes back to the go go promo. And it's phenomenal that like this song is going to play uh in the arenas on WWE TV for the foreseeable future, even though it like it makes no sense with his current presentation and his character is just like he rolls out of uh, AW doing that thing. It's a lot like Hogan WCW. It's like he comes in just being Hogan, like essentially, and then it, it runs dry. Like so, prepare everyone. Like the the same problems. Like you you know what this is. It's like a kid that was getting beat up at school or whatever, but don't change nothing about how, how he acts. And then he goes to another school and then but he's acting the same way. They're gonna beat you up too eventually. Like this was what like, this is what's <laughs> gonna happen to him. Like and then um you know he he was tweeting out the stuff like wrestling was a love story and we saw the young bucks like coming back in their in their bio and there's a lot of smoke to to, to these fires that are around like he talked about this personal situation, swears he has love for the Bucks and Kenny, and it's like, I don't know if I believe you, bro, because why would I? They're pissed. They are hot. They're pissed. Like, and, and, like, and, and they're they're not really showing it too much. You have to look hard for them to kind of to find it. But I mean, you got you Kenny kinda... liking pics about, like, talking about how he, you know, he, he did some sucker shit. So, like, yeah, yeah. they're pissed. Yeah. So, like, if you're not looking for it, it'll slip by. But if you find it, like, there's no world in which you're like, yo, Cody Rose, honorable. Like, so, but- <laughs> so, so, Tanya, um, Rich has often said about, uh, about like, the the evolution from the Divas to the women's division when the Horsewoman came in and that transition with, with uh, Nikki at the time about how, and uh, also Paige, about how, and uh, Naomi and Tamina, how um, he wants like the shoot interviews from them as you know the, the books, the, the, the book, the the book, the sit down interviews, the, the look, the season finale, uh, the, the season reunion, whatever. <laughs> Just like to know like how people really felt while you know as they had to be professional, but like you know in a different setting, um, like this Cody leaving thing. Obviously, I th- I personally think like in a, when however many years his contract is, I think when it's up, he'll be back in AEW. But I still want to know all of the shoot interview stuff from the Young Bus to Kenny Omega to Cody, as far as that, because like 
by all accounts, written in the Young Bucks book, Cody was the least bought in out of all of them when they started AEW. He was still thinking about, and, you know, up until, like, you know, at a certain amount of time, like, all of them thought they could have went to WWE. Like, Kenny Omega, like, um, when he... He said he was not going back to New Japan. He's not going to that New Japan. If he wasn't going, if it wasn't going to be this AEW thing, he was going to be in WWE. And he talked about how like the promises were made to him about like how they were going to have a match for him at uh, WrestleMania 35 with with AJ Styles. That was going to, that he was going to get a certain amount of time. And you, you you know you've heard the word about like what the, the kind of like opt outs they had in a Young Bucks deal for for them or whatever else uh, in case they didn't trust it. And they ultimately ended up going with AEW. All of that stuff. And then, like, Cody in the Yumbo's book apparently was at least bought into all this stuff, into actually doing it. And then, ultimately, when it's time to launch the, you know, launch the press conference saying, we're here in Jacksonville, we're starting this new promotion, we're going to do this, that, and third, we got Jericho, we got JR, we got, you know, X, you know, blah, 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 blah. He comes out in the fucking suit, suit man, promo man, man, cuts the promo, and is, like, the face of the rebellion for this shit after... In, Behind behind closed door, being least you know the one that drug his feet the most, and then at the first sign of trouble because he doesn't because he doesn't want to turn heel when he should turn heel for the for the benefit of the company and for himself uh, as a character. He take he he take packs his shit up and he goes back to WWE and it's like for me I'm just like this was this had became untenable that like. WWE had, or sorry, AEW had become a level of like storyline and character wise and presentation wise had be aside from the women's division had become like a machine of competency, and the and the Cody stuff was just so, it was the thing that always stuck out like a sore thumb. So like once, so it was like yeah, like if he wants to come back in a few years, sure, but he needs to he needs to be out of here or he needs to turn heel and it look like he wasn't doing neither. So like him in WWE. As we talked about before, as far as like the flow of talent back and forth is for the is for the best. If he's gonna be the, the first person, for him. God bless him. Go ahead, go out here uh, and and you know and and do and do the damn thing. So like, but the the, the fact that he did, he, you know, he cashed. He talked so much cash shit. He wrote all them wolf tickets, and he and and. He's back in WWE in this place. He said he'd never go back to. He burned that bridge. He'd never go back. And his ass is there. He somehow he figured out how to levitate. Yeah, it, it's amazing. Like, and you know, I know the the obvious response to this talk would be, "Well, they're wrestlers. They're all lie. They're all liars, or whatever, right?" But I'm like, we're not talking about wrestlers. We're talking about Cody Rhodes and in the state. <laughs> the statements that he right. put his name on and right. like in the storyline out of the storyline yep. um, <laughs> and it's like you know uh, forget it, this it, it's it, weird it, sorry it's a lot. Said, it is a lot <laughs> <laughs> like there's a difference between you being a liar because you're a worker and being a liar because you because like you're a Hulk Hogan fan and like this is this was some Hulk Hogan level lying minus yes. the minus the, the blatant over the top bigotry, like you know, what I'm saying, like he, he lied his ass off. Like There's I don't a know, snake in the grass, the three I, star savior. The way he lied, I want to know when his mixtape comes out. <laughs> it, it, it's almost like he was a plant or something. <laughs> <laughs> he was a plant. What? <laughs> That's funny. 
Can you imagine? I got the secrets. I got the recipes. Vince, I got the recipes. And, look, and, and then he's talking about he's going to give advice to people that ask him in AW like about jumping to WWE. And it's like, bro, like, how can they trust you? That's true. You, like, yeah. so like, and it, also it, tampering. You might not yeah. want to do that to get yourself in trouble. Yeah, this might um, sue you. Yeah, so like. It, there was always a difference between like I think the Bucks are the ones that are really more pissed. I think Kenny, yeah. like obviously because Kenny and Cody only really had the uh, business association, they didn't have like some type of friendship with him. Where it seems like the Bucks did because they actually mm-hmm. kind of you know hung out with him in Ring of Honor and stuff like that. Kenny is in Japan, you know, having match of years and shit. You know, it didn't really have time to build you know relationships with with Cody and all that. But um, you know, in this case, like I. I, I saw a great tweet. I believe it was from uh, Keeks on Twitter. Shot to her. She uh, it says some shit like, I, "I bet Kenny done sent the Bucks that that text. I tried to tell you about your friend, like, <laughs> like already." So like, uh, it's a lot. But uh, you know, Cody's back in WWE now. He, I, I'm very happy. Like I said, and um, this is going to be w- whatever happens, right? He, he can, you know, a lot of people were pining for him to go after the championship. He's like already talking about it in his promos he had a you know well-received performance um you know with the seth thing we know how this ends so i don't know man like it like i feel like there's too many examples of wrestling history of people like transporting and running into similar problems in different environments and he is now uh, beholden to the writers and all this stuff that was so freeing for him before. Um, ironically, I think it has a chance to turn him to a better performer. And he, I feel like he'll stand out more in this environment than he would in AW because all his stuff had become tropey. We talked about him blowing through everything mm-hmm. uh, while, while, you know, everyone else was like Jericho was just finding new stuff, like in, uh, you know, kind of figuring it out each time Cody uh, continued to not figure it out. Mox continued to uh, evolve and, you know, Kenny evolved, the Bucks like evolved, like, and Cody wanted to be the same Cody the whole time. And it just, the, the game got switched on some ludicrous shit, like I said. And then the uh, the influx of, of your CM Punks, your Danielsons, your Coles, uh, the rise of Hangman, this left Cody out on a cold winter day without a code, pretty much. Um, so him jumping to WWE. I don't look at their roster and see a ton of competition for for very top spots um, with him. Like you know, you've got you, of course you got room with the title. Brock's like you know a part time or whatever. But after that, it's like the, the the guys have been defined down for so long. He's a fresh injection of air, uh, a fresh air by default almost. So in yeah. and, and also aside from. Roman with this reign he has right now, like these title reigns are disposable. Yes, like look how they treated the WWE title uh, in the lead up uh, with, with flip flopping it through through from Lashley to Big E to, to Brock all in one month just to like put it all in place. So it was like, mm. so, but yeah, that's all I got. I, I just wanted to want to talk about these lies, talk about these lyrics <laughs> on this song, and um, you know, it, God bless them, Godspeed, sir. Yeah. Yeah, um, like as long as he didn't end up in, a, you know, as long as he didn't come back to AEW or end up in stardom, I was, I was like, wherever you want to go, wherever you want to go, like if you if you want to take your ass to DDT, and we'll talk about DDT in a, in a minute, but like if you want to take your ass to DDT, 
and 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 do ass to mouth wrestling, by all means, I won't stop you from fulfilling your dreams. Go out there and do do the thing. If you want to go to Impact, go for it. If you want to go to Ring of Honor, I don't care. I don't watch it. Uh, Ring of Honor. If you want to go, look, who are, look, if who, you want to go become a monk, you know, God bless them. Like, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, like. Like if, look, you, if, if you, you want to dedicate you, your, your you life to Christ to, and if, go door to door, if you need to go, if you need to like talk to the guidance counselor and figure out what courses you need to get on your path, I will go. To, I will go there with you as long as you don't come back to AEW or start. Them. As long as, long as you don't go to none of the shit I really care about, I'm good. Like, like Cody, Cody is so frustrating because like when he does good stuff, it's so damn good. But his bad average is so like bewildering that is like you almost feel like are you, are you crazy that you like some of the stuff that he did that you thought was brilliant at times and then it's like wait did he just catch a lightning lightning in a bottle or like or what like and it just is it just kept going for for you know almost three years it's like all right enough of this you got to go so. You know he's in a place where he can start over again, fresh. Or good for him. I'm, I'm done. I'm done talking about Cody for like a month. So let's <laughs> let's let's uh, speed round through night one to get to night two. So um, after the, after that match, uh, you end up getting uh, Charlotte defending the SmackDown Women's Title versus Ronda Rousey. Um, this match was disappointing for me. Um, I remember the match that they had at Survivor Series 2018, and I thought that match was a certified banger. And I thought, and I saw some of the stuff they did with each other with these physical angles where they're just beating the crap out of each other backstage and attacking each other. And typically, those kind of feuds right up my alley where it's like, I ain't got much for talking. Let's just get to the shits and show how much we dislike each other by physically putting our hands on each other. And then the bell rings and it's off to the races. Um, and this match, it was. It was sloppy in the way where it's like, even with some of the good Ronda matches or some of the good Charlotte matches, like they're sloppy in a way that was like, this feels more um, earned that like it's physical and things aren't going to be smooth because of how physical it is. And like, you know, like a perfect example would be um, the Becky and Charlotte match from last year. You know, when they did the work shoot thing and then they end up showing up with this <laughs> fucking themed gear. Um, so, so yeah, like this match, it was, it, it wasn't the good kind of sloppy, it was just bad sloppy throughout. And, um, there are some things that just like, Charlotte, you got to take the Andrade double moonsault thing out of your, out of your bag. Stop. Like, I, I seen you do it like once, good, well, once or twice maybe, but like, it seems like you're regressing with that one. Um, it, it just, it was over and over the story of Ronda is more than one trick pony, which is like, yeah, I know she's a fucking gold medalist judoka. I know that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but they, you know, they did the Kurt Angle um, ankle lock thing and, you know, they, they worked around that and they kept trading back and forth and transitioning out of ankle locks to uh, Charlotte getting ankle locks to figure fours. Um, Ultimately, at the end, they go through that match and, and uh, all that stuff to ultimately end where, you know, there's a ref bump. Uh, Charlotte taps out when the ref is out. Ronda gets up and uh, revives the ref, and she j- literally looks up into a big boot and to be pinned by a big boot as if she's like Carmella. Uh, after, you know, 
the match that was supposedly supposed to main event WrestleMania until, or there's semi-main event WrestleMania night one. It's just like, this was such a lame finish to cap off a match that wasn't nearly as good as people were expecting. They had hope for it. Uh, this, um, I feel like this match also gave a lot of people that did not want to see Ronda come back, did not want to see Ronda in Charlotte. It justified this. It, it goes back to even, you know, the part where a lot of people were pissed that Charlotte was put into the, the match at WrestleMania 35. Um, it, L. <laughs> just, just an L. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I, somebody find a, find a redeeming quality for this match because, like, I, I heard, I, I didn't hear much. I heard most people did not like this few by, by most accounts. Um, then the match didn't deliver. Then the finish also was a stinker. And, uh, I, you know, I like these two as wrestlers and then they just didn't, they didn't do what they need to do to get it done. And it was unfortunate. Tanya, what, what would you think of uh, Charlotte versus Ronda? Ronda, since she came back at the Royal Rumble in her, her little workout gear, she been gone off of perk 30. Leaving no passion. <laughs> like, I don't know what happened when she was gone. She has no emotion. Her voice was deadpan. Every promo she gave, it was just like, like the SmackDown be before WrestleMania. The interviewer asked her, was like, I would expect you to be more mad. Where's your passion? And I'm like, it's bad when the interviewer is trying to pull something out of you because. She, I said she was a limp dick the whole time, and I, she here because she run to Rousey, and she taking somebody to spot. I don't, I don't want to see her. I want her to go away and never come yeah. back. I don't care. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not a UFC fan. So when somebody says, "Oh, US, you got to show me," I'm a wrestling right. fan. I'm a WWE fan. You have to show me why you're on my program. Why I should be caring. And she, Charlotte is Charlotte. And despite her flaws or whatever, she gonna give you what she gives you. You got to put her in there with somebody who fill in the blanks. And like I said, like Charlotte didn't have Rhonda was literally a wet piece of paper. She couldn't even write on it. She don't like. I don't know why they did this. I don't know why they. I just don't know why they did it. It's, it seems it, it, it seemed like they did it just because there's a SmackDown Women's Champion, and we had and to do that with somebody like that's Ronda Rousey. Didn't nobody tap on the shoulder like week three? Like, hey, what what's the deal? You don't want to be here. You don't want to be a face. Like, what? Why you ain't giving up? She literally gave nothing, absolutely nothing. This whole feud. Vince McMahon actually had to pull her aside. Uh... After her, so after Royal Rumble, when she came back, like the first week cut, after, she had cut some promo talking about, you know, these fans aren't going to fool me this time or whatever. And then Vince had to pull her aside and was like, yo, you're a baby face for one. You need to not like be resentful of the fans. You need to smile and like, you know, kind of get your shit yeah. together. Like, yeah. that, I heard that actually I, happened. I, I think the gist of it was like, she showed up, you know, and she was still mad that, you know, after, uh, the beating that she took with the Kendo stick at Survivor Series 2018 that she, you know, the crowd turned to her and, you know, she's always been bad with getting booed. So, um, what she ended up, um, so basically she was, she basically had the pouty boo-boo face the whole time, like, he, like, he, like we all saw. And apparently, like, 
after the first week of it, they pulled her pulled her to the side and was like, "What's going on?" And she was like, "Well, I know these people were ready, just ready, ready to turn on me." And it's like, "But they're cheering you now. It's not about you. You're the baby face." And she was like, "Oh, okay." So basically, what she ended up doing, from what I what I heard, was like. She would then start smiling coming down to the ring, and then when it was time for promo, she went right back to to checked out mode once it was time for promos. Because she's not a good promo. She was never a good promo to begin with. So yeah, she's not a professional. It's not like it's it's her. It's not the form, the medium. We just seen three celebrity, three or four celebrities come in and act like they are appreciative that they are in this spot that they're there. I don't know what's going on with her, but she, yeah. she is there because her, of her name and it's irritating. She ain't trying. It's frustrating. It's like she was giving a promo to Charlotte. Like Charlotte was on the uh, Titantron and she was just talking. And I was just like, girl, just don't even show up. Like there was a rumor that she walked out. I was like hoping it was true because, oh, like, yeah, yeah. So, so you know, she was promised the main event of night one, and then and the game is not either. Well, 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 no. Well, this is what happened. Like the Austin thing got announced that it was the, the segment, the talking segment, because the word is like. Austin didn't know how he was going to feel to be able to, if he was going to be up for a match or not, because he had been training and he wished he had more time to train to be able to do a match. So yeah. it was basically like the night, the day of, he was going to decide basically like it, whether that was going to just be a segment or it was going to be a match. So um, that's why they put it to the main event because he was a game time decision. So Ronda, after being originally promised to come back, you know, to, you're going to give you this main event. She, uh, she left. And then, like, the word came out that she left uh, the Hall of Fame because she was pissed. And her response was, well, that's not what happened. I, you know, I have a child to take care of, whatever else. And it's like, I mean, that's the excuse I would give. But too many people, too many people said what what, what really ha- what, what happened. So, like, you know, what, if, if you're in tune not to believe those people, you're in tune not to believe them. But if you're, you know, but you know, everything else for this WrestleMania was spot on for these people that reported this stuff. So this year, so take it, take with it, whatever you, however you feel about it. So for me, um, I feel like, yeah, if she got, if she was promised something, she got a rug pull from underneath her. That sucks. But like, whatever. It ain't the first whatever. time. You need to be able to right. do her right. job. Think it's how many times. Right. Like you said, Roman Reigns had the rug pulled out of how many times? I don't, I don't like her anyway. Yeah. She, she's sucky and she's an anti-feminist, but yeah. thinks she a feminist. So you coming on this show, girl? You need to show me. Show she gave me absolutely like uh, her footage and her package. Her, they didn't have no highlights. They just had to put her in the package, looking like a limp dick. Yeah, like it, all that footage they got, and they can't, they can't get splice up twenty seconds of you looking cool. Out of the many weeks you come out. It's just uh, like a dead fish. Like, girl, no, I don't. I they could they could have actually literally put Carmella in a program with Charlotte, and it would have gotten more like more heat, more something. At least she would have tried. Ronda wasn't even she, trying. She, she would have tried. I agree with that, but nah, nah. Like Carmella ain't never moved no uh, no no uh, house shows. But um, the thing the thing for me is uh, like. Given her past track record when she was in in 2018, like, what the fuck happened? 
She gave a fuck in 2018. She doesn't now. It's so weird. Well, I, I think she. she it, it's, it's a deal. It's a deal that everyone turned on her. Like, and she never recovered. Like psychologically from that shit. And then why come back just for the check? It for might also check. be uh, like yeah, I mean, whenever. Oh, let's see if we get back. Once you understand, and women who never had kids, Tanya, something happens to you. Go ahead, get go ahead, run that one more. Go, to, go ahead, run like, that one to, more time. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, we yep. can hear you. Something happens to you as a woman, birth. So it just might be that she need to go chill out. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean that's fair. That's fair. Uh, she did. I mean she did return. You know, pretty fast. She t- she did return pretty fast. Um, I just I just will hope that you know if that's the case and she's not really up for this that someone would you know pull her to the side and be like, if you're not up for this, come back later. Because right now what you give right. me is not is not close to what you were giving us. You know, two years or three years ago. So we, we're trying to either recapture what you, you know the kind of effort in front of fans that you had back then, or we need to, we need to have a discussion because like this can't, this doesn't seem like this healthy for you. If this is how you, this is how you playing this. So, um, yeah, I, cause like, you know, I, by the time we got to Ronda being in a triple threat match with Charlotte, I was like, all right, this is bullshit. They shouldn't have done that. They should, they should whoop the hot shit, take the layup as we talked about. Um, and I was ready for her to go because we knew that was her endpoint was was at WrestleMania. But now that she's back, it was like, all right, you know, fresh start, restart all this stuff. And then it's like, yo, this is worse than it was when she before she left. And it was like, I thought you're supposed to leave to make the app the uh, the the absence of the heart grow, grow fonder. Like the crowd's cheering you, and you just like you treat yeah, and like they booing you. Like I don't, I don't know, man. Maybe she knew she was losing. I don't know. Yeah, man, I, I I feel oddly vindicated. I was I was definitely on that. Hey, I'm off this Ronda Rousey shit about midway through. Um, I, I I saw the signs early on it, like what was going on, as far as they were, uh, you know, keeping her away from everybody that was real. Uh, I didn't like the, the Nikki Bella feud with, with a lot of the, the stuff they had her saying and the slut um, shaming. Uh, yeah, I, I wasn't down with that. Uh, I, I didn't like. Sasha getting moved out of the way for her several times. I didn't like it happening this year either. Um, but, you know, I wasn't a fan. And I will continue to not be a fan and, <laughs> you know, just. I mean, just give you no reason to change your mind. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, you know, it, it's not like she come out here and was, was on some undesirable to undeniable shit. Oh, no, like, uh, like this, this was not her. This is, you know, you know, it's bad. It's bad. Yeah. Uh, Michael Jackson. Yeah. So, uh, the main event, Stone Cold Steve Steve Austin comes out uh, for the KO show. Uh, Steve Austin, sa- or sorry, uh, Kevin Owens says to Steve Austin something along the lines of, "I look in your eyes and you see, and you can see that like you can't take, you can't beat, you can't whoop me, and I, I'm here to tell you what the look in your eyes is right." Uh, so then Austin says, you know. If you want, uh, you know, if you want me to whoop a, open up a can of whoop ass in in in, in the state of great state of Texas on Kevin Owens and a no holds barred match, give me a hell yeah, hell yeah, okay, ring the bell. Uh, Owens is immediately on his ass. <laughs> um, 
or I'm sorry, Austin was immediately on his ass, stomped, the mud, stomped several mud holes, end up on the outside. Uh, Austin takes his, his real first bump when he gets posted. Uh, and then ultimately they end up brawling around the ringside, up on the stage, um, out by the ringside, or out by the, in the concourse area. Um, Austin got uh, suplexed on both of those, uh, the, up on the stage, also um, out in the concourse and over time, because you know, he's old. He had to do that talking segment. He was cold. He started to warm up. And after he took that first bump and or second bump and realized he was okay, he, he got better as the match went along. And it's Stone Cold Steve Austin. It's Kevin Owens. It's two of the greatest brawlers in the history of this industry. <laughs> um, and they, they, it, Austin gets, got better and better. And Kevin Owens is bumping like a madman for him. And the match was, was fun. The match was fun. Ultimately, uh, Owens goes for a stunner. Does uh, Austin kicks? Austin at the end gets his stunner, uh, gets the win, and, and you know still got the hands like Randy Moss. Catches every beer thrown his way, uh, you know, um, and drank a whole bunch of beer. Got brought his brother in, uh, who I did not know his brother. I thought he was gonna stun this 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 by, this bystander, this civilian, but it, it was his brother, so he was cool, I guess. Um, and closed out the night, and I thought like, wow. I just saw Stone Cold Steve Austin have a three three quarter or the three and a, and, a, and a half star match, a plunder match at that, but still was able to do it at fifty eight. Do we need do, does Nagawa need to hear about this man and um and offer uh, a counter offer to go to Noah so he can be right right in the land of the old guys with, with Muto and Fujita? I, I believe he's faced Keiji Muto before, if I'm not mistaken. I mean they're the same age. Like what? Well, well, actually, yeah. Muto's like a year older. Yeah, they're about the same age, so. <laughs> Um, yeah, man, I, I, um, I, I said on the show before, like I'm a big Stone Cold Steve Austin fan. I always have been, um, I think if anybody deserves to get something like this and, uh, kind of, you know, I feel like Stone Cold is WWE. They're, they're largely still selling the WWE name off of him. Like a lot of this shit belongs to him. So like he needs to like be figured in in some type of way, even more than that. Like, I'm not saying I need to have him come back and work two or three times a year or anything like that. It's like, no man, like this man needs like points on the, on the brick. Like he, <laughs> like he needs to be cut in on whatever this is. Like Austin should be getting like big, big, big WWE checks for the rest of his life, saving this company when it was like, you know, in trouble in the nineties. Yeah. And like this guy, like, uh, you know, if, if this was his way to go out, that's awesome for him. I, I will never begrudge Austin because there's a lot he he um could have came back a lot of times uh, for probably has already been asked to come back a lot of times, um, and he had a lot of pride in his work to where he didn't want to do something to embarrass himself. And we've seen other legends, other Texans, um, come back and embarrass themselves for money several times. And Austin wasn't like that. And he came back and was like, all right, you know, it, it was the, the almost uh, just an older Austin that we, we all knew. And it was, uh, it, it was nice to see. And, you know, I didn't expect it. Like I thought they were going to really do the talking segment at the end. And I was like, are you fucking serious? Like I was like, and people were talking about Kevin Owens deserves this so much. And it was just like the talking section. I'm like, he deserves to get stunned. Cause you know, that's what I assumed it was. There's like, Oh, they're going to just, just stun him and get him the fuck out of here. And it's like, all right, cool. You got to have a match at the end. But, uh, 
it's it's my opinion that Austin owns all this shit anyway. They should be like bending over backwards to please him at this point. Tanya, I just want to say I'm I'm proud of Kevin Owens because he could he could have left. Could left us all in the de- cause I I'm sorry, I know y'all watch AEW, but I can't it's too much re- I need one to focus my attention on. I'm not a teenager no more. I'm not flipping, I'm not watching wrestling seven times a week. So <laughs> I like my favorite wrestlers where I'm gonna watch them. Mm-hmm. KO's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. And I am glad that he stayed and I'm glad they didn't say well, screw you for thinking of leaving and we're going to punish you. And they gave him this spot and got him a nice little check. And it was fun. It was it was a great way to end the night, actually. I wouldn't be mad if it had a main event at night, too. <laughs> it was it was like the most fun part of the whole weekend for me to see that match. Yeah, I mean... I feel like the main event put it over the top because like it was a good show. And then to see Austin, you know, all the stuff that you and Rich both said, it's just like, yo, like I was never expecting Stone Cold Steve Austin to do anything, you know, more than just stun people ever. Uh, so that was really cool. And the match was actually fucking good. So, you know, I, I was, I was very happy. Um, so yeah, like, you know, that put over the top for me. I was like, this is like, this is like, you know, the pacing sucks, but whatever. The pacing is the pacing. It's WrestleMania, but like this is one of the best WWE shows, pay per views in like a long time. So I was I was happy. Now, um, I, we're gonna have to speed round through this, but what's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at hero.co. On tonight two. Um, Ooh. night two, if I remember correctly, opens with the Raw tag team title three way match between yes. RK Bro and Street Profits in America, American Alpha. No, American uh, Alpha Academy. Alpha Academy. Alpha, yeah. Yeah. Autumn. Yeah. Autumn names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I just thought about it, Nat, right? Like, this is Chad Gable's third edition of like of a tag team and all three of them involved him wearing like the same gear more or less time is a flat circle yeah um i mean it, it like it just all fits but anyway um so this is like the, the house party match big spot big spot they eventually break uh get into the ring and wrestle a little bit and ultimately it goes cra- crazy again ultimately leads to matt riddle going up top uh by the end uh, after a bunch of dives and from from everybody, even including uh, Angelo Dawkins, big look. Tell me why Angelo Dawkins now is added to the list of dudes that do flip dives to the floor. And meanwhile, Seth ain't gave us one since t- since he tore his ACL. It's a damn shame, damn shame what the ACL did to that man. Um, but ultimately, at the end, you get you get <laughs> you get riddled, and he gives the fucking Kaguma cutter off the top rope. <laughs> um, he get uh, the the top rope RKO. Uh, I think it was, I think it was, uh, Montez, he jumps off the top rope and, uh, Randy, no, or maybe it was Gable, uh, comes off the top rope and, and Orton hits him with the anti-air RKO, uh, crowd loses his shit for it, like, every, every pay-per-view I see Riddle and Orton together, I'm like, 
they're fucking over. And like it seems like every month I every month on pay-per-view I see them, they get more and more over progressively. Uh Randy Orton has figured out another way to, has figured out another way to say relevant again. Hey, Randy Orton also has figured out like, yo, let Matt Riddle go do all the work. All I gotta do is like come in here and do the RKO. RKO I, I get to just chill. You yep. know, that so that's that's what this this was. I thought this was uh this was nice. This this is my kind of match right here. It's just like you know a lot of a lot of moves, uh a lot of you know people doing dives, a lot of uh you know big spots, shine spots for everybody. Everybody ain't trying to you know lay around and chill. You know they open this thing up with energy, you know, and excitement. So we we actually on the preview had said to kind of watch out for this match because I was like yeah like everybody's in here is good, so it should be. You know, if they get time, they got about eleven minutes. So this that was about as much as we could. They made the most really, of it. Yeah. So like, I I like this match a lot. Yeah, it was a good opener. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, like, yeah, it, it kind of set the tone, but <laughs> tone changed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like halfway, like halfway through this show, I was like, okay, and then the second half, I was like, oh, they're undoing it. They're undoing it. Um. So. After the match, um, Street Profits and Randy oh, Orton yeah, and, and RK and uh, I'm sorry and Riddle, they've been you know going back and jawing each other about how they won the match and you know ultimately um, uh, Academy or Alpha Academy they butted their way in so showed a sign of respect. They went to go pull her up. Was you know what's in Montez's cup? Will we ever know what the context of the cup is? No, no. Uh, <laughs> um, so. Uh, you know, they then see uh, Gable Stevenson and they say, come up here, get you, get you some of this drink. Uh, <laughs> um, and then in the middle of it, um, <laughs> Gable says no. Uh, and then he, uh, you know, he spills the drink on Gable. Uh, uh, Gable or Gable like, comes slaps it out his hands. Well, Gable, oh, I'm sorry, Steve. I'm going to say Stevenson. I'm going to say Gable from Chad Gable. Okay. I was getting confusing, right? So, uh, so he slaps the so Gable slaps the the drink out of Steveson's hand. Steveson takes off the shirt to show the the physique, and the physique is that dude is an athlete, but he but he doesn't have the the the, the fine tone that you that Vince McMahon would want. So I'm assuming so we'll see how that goes for now. But just keep it just keep that in your mind if you know things go awry. Anyway, um, he then you know lifts up Gable. Steveson does, and he gives him a a, a belly to back. A belly belly toss suplex, and then he, you know, goes out to the floor with the rest of the guys that rolled out because they know he's scary. And then uh, they they got back on that Drake and they called it a they called it a night. And Randy Orton for, for another uh, again was able to get the fuck out of WrestleMania cl- on a, his birthday weekend and get out of there quickly. <laughs> I think Gable Stevenson is swaggerless. He um, is definitely holding back in the charisma uh, department. He's definitely lacking so far. Like and it wasn't a case of hey just give him a manager he didn't have lines like right. it was like it's something that either jumps off the screen at, at you or it doesn't and then I saw him standing in there with Randy Orton and Randy Orton towering over him and I saw the physique and knowing what kind of person runs this company I'm like okay Vince is either gonna make him really get in the gym or he's gonna cover him up like he's not like we already know how this is gonna go I mean and. Th- Given that he's the wrestler, they can put him in the singlet. Yeah, they'll put him in the singlet. But like, for me, thinking it like he's swaggerless or like you know, it just didn't like everyone just kind of like yo, he doesn't even 
seem like kind of plugged in or anything, mm-hmm. like he's going to get every chance, and I mean every chance for years and years and years to come to to break through on this. I'm talking more chances than Randy Orton. I'm talking. <laughs> I'm talking more chances than Brock Lesnar. Like I'm talking more chances than than anyone you've ever seen in the history of WWE. They will do t- as long as it takes. Uh, to get if you think they kept Mark Henry around for years and years and years and years before he ever you know broke through, this guy will be there forever. Mm. Watch. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, he's gonna get chances. Um. As far as the charisma thing, we'll see how we'll see what his intensity level is once it, once the bell rings. Like if he's just a killer, then like we'll be we'll. We can get passes, but if he's going to be he's going to be out here selling like early, then he's going to need to pick that he's going to need to pick up that charisma to get people to buy you know to buy in you know to deal you know the get the earnestness for the you know the sympathy and all that kind of stuff. But if they just make him a killer and he's hammering nails, it might not matter. He might just be an ice cold killer, right? They can they can package it, they can build it around <laughs> that. But we'll see how this goes. Um, you know, he's he's a sex pest, so. Oh yeah, that part too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's um, all I know about. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like I think all three of us all liked Riddle before we found out about that shit too. Yeah, yeah. So, that yeah. Riddle was like one of my favorite wrestlers before that whole thing. Like, yeah. <sighs> um. What? Well, uh. The next match. Uh. Was the next match the Bobby Lashley match? Yes, it was. Oh, my man. God. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Look, a, ta- a tale of two cities. Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley from last year's WWE title match to this year carrying stiffs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Bobby Lashley in there with Omus. Now, I was. They sold me on this based off the interaction on Raw when Omus came out. Um, and all, all they did was just run it. All they did was just run and slam into each other and bump like crazy and they showed it in the replay or in the preview like that's what they were capable of so once you show me that level of violence i'm into it like you know wrestling can be as sophisticated as it wants to be or it could be as real simple as it's two big big athletes slamming to each other until someone collapses and that did it for me seeing someone that looks like lashley slamming to a seven foot dude and they both just boom and fail i was like Sign me up. Give me one of them or two of those. Go for two, three minutes. Have Bobby slam them. Get the fuck out of here. You get three stars out of me for three minutes of work. I'm, I'm, I'm not hard. To, I'm not. I'm, I promise you. I do this show every. That. I promise you. I do this show every single week, and I, I talk about the, some of the most, some of the most granular bullshit. But at my heart, I am a very simple person. If you simply hit each other in a way where I think you're beating your shit out of each other. I'm in. It's not that hard. It's, it's really not. And they did that on this, but then they they came out here, um, and they basically had an '80s Hogan's match where it's Hogan versus a monster. He gets leaned on. He gets clubbed. Uh, he wears on him. He's fighting from underneath. There's a spot where he damn near kills him, where he uh, gives him a uh, uh, basically like a uh, he lifts him up and and throws him into the uh, the top ropes. He has Lashley way too high, so Lashley whiplashes the literally his head in the base of his skull goes into the turnbuckle post or goes into the, the post. 
And I was like, oh my God. Um, Lashy didn't sell it. I thought he was, I thought he, I was surprised he got up. Um, though, at the, at the force it happened with, he continued the match. That man's a G. Um, ultimately, it, it led to uh, building towards a vertical suplex. He tries it, can't get him up. Um, classic working, classic 80s working. Eventually, he gets back to it. He ends up hitting the suplex. And then he gets up and gives Omos a spirit to get him out of there for uh, for carrying that dude to a bad match. He had to carry him to a bad match. Hogan versus Andre. That's what this was. Um, I threw parts of the match. I was like wondering if like I was like is almost the new El Gigante. Oh my you know, God. um, there there were others that shared some similar sentiments. There's like, hey, was he trained by El Gigante? And I was like, yo, this is like not great. And I was like, poor Bobby Lashley, a hard worker, always. But like, you know, this. Hey, at, at least we get to have black strong men too. <laughs> <laughs> but like you know I, I really ain't got too much more for you on this one uh, almost is very limited in the ring um, but I mean he's he's here like you know I, and I think about the people that could have been on the show like you know where's Ricochet where's Finn Balor you know stuff like that and I'm like what they doing man but um, yeah this this was this is substandard conditions, as Ti would say. Yeah, uh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, it, 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 look, um, <laughs> I, I've seen, I saw Braun Strowman versus Bobby Lashley have a fucking banger twice, twice. This yes. Oh, I forgot to true. mention that. I, I forgot to mention that uh, Braun Strowman, like Omis, was supposed, <laughs> supposed to replace him. <laughs> Braun yes. was better. Braun was look, better o- than this. Omos makes Braun Strowman look like Kenta Kobashi. <laughs> Get the fuck! <laughs> Get the fuck out of here! Do do with that whatever y'all want to, but Omos <laughs> makes Braun Strowman look like Kenta Kobashi. <laughs> the greatest, the greatest ever. Uh, okay, all right. I don't even know what to do with you now. <laughs> like, uh, let's, let's, all right, next match. Um, uh, the Jackass match. Uh, oh, Johnny Knoxville versus uh, Sami Zayn. This, look, man, the DDT came to America. The DDT came to the worldwide leader. The DDT came to New York. The DDT came to WrestleMania. <coughs> I was not expecting this. Uh, it, it like it, it's hilarious that so many people like this match, even though like people will talk about indie wrestling and the in the garbage uh, brawls and plunder and nonsense comedy that happens on the indies, and rightfully so. And ultimately, in front of the in front of the right crowd, because Johnny Knoxville has entertained people for two decades, beating the shit out of himself and being a crash test dummy. Sami Zayn, this person that is past his prime with because of injuries to his shoulders and knees. And, but he still has that mind, and they trusted both of them to go out there and basically, <laughs> Rich, I'm going to say it, they had a love letter to Jackass. Like, all the spots in the match were, all the all the spots in the match were things that were skits that were, or most of them were from uh, Jackass. Like, the, uh, the, 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 the party boy uh, run-in, 
the Wee Man run in, the gigantic hand uh, was a skit from one of the Jackass movies. Like, it, it was a Jackass movie that was in a wrestling ring, and for a lot of people, they, they loved it and laughed at this stuff. For other people that just wanted a wrestling match or a no DQ match, like a standard brawl or whatever else, at points, especially at the beginning, this match fucking sucked. At the beginning, it absolutely fucking sucked. There's no even if you like this match, you have to admit that this match was crummy as hell at the beginning. But once it got going, once you get the run-ins from from from, from Party Boy, and I gotta say, like Tom Lawler, he wrestles in the cutoffs, right? And then he, he wrestles in the cutoffs. What he got on the speedo cutoffs that 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 party boy had on. Anyway, Nash continues all the hijinks ensue. I pop for a bunch of this bullshit, um, but don't ever for any second let when anyone talks about how serious they want the wrestling to be, uh, and they're WWE fans and they heard this crowd react or whatever else. I never want to hear it again when people talk about the Indies and AEW or Cassidy or whatever else. This was exactly what they do, except it was on the stage with somebody I'm familiar with. But don't get it, don't get it twisted. This was all the same shenanigans. This was DDT Pro Wrestling in a WWE ring. It absolutely was. Wonder how I know this? Because the people that will tell you that DDT is the most some of the most brilliant wrestling in the world, even though it is uh, Kanosuke Takeshita in the main events having real fucking matches for their big shows, like. They, we all will they, see soon. They loved this match. So, so my next question is, the next time Johnny Knoxville comes out, are they going to do the human centipede where they're doing ass and mouth wrestling like they were doing a few weeks ago in DDT? Maybe. Rich, you, I sent you that video. Were they not, were they not doing human centipede like a, week, a few weeks ago? I didn't get to click on it, but I saw the still frame. Oh, like, well, I didn't uh, send a video. I just, come I, on now. Like yeah, yeah. Like, I saw the frame. Like and I was like, right. okay. I, I was like, somebody's bent over. But like, I'm like, uh, I don't, I don't know. Whatever. And I just kept scrolling. But um, I don't know. I hated this match. I thought it was like one of the worst matches I've of the year. I was in the demographic of people Rich, that that what, did not like it. Rich, was this the worst match on the card? For me, yes. Um, Vince versus I, oh I I mean I guess do you call that a match was that under five minutes? So match under five was, minutes okay, on kinds of matches. Like you know, come on, man! They, they they didn't even do anything in that match. Like because it sucked. Yeah. Anyway, but, that's that's a that's not go, 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 Yeah, go, like yeah. Go ahead. Like David wasn't advertising that shit. That shit just like you know it was there. But um, this I was like, I'm not a person that watched Jackass religiously. Like that, I remember watching Jackass on MTV in like 1999 or 2000, and then like you know, I I, I moved on with my life after that. But like, I this wasn't for me. I I was like, uh, I see everyone going crazy and popping for for all the, the the stuff, but I'm like, why is this nigga running in the ring, damn near stripping down and humping him? What is going on? Like, and I, mean, I was like. I, I was like, "What am I watching right now?" Luckily, nobody walked in the room. Like, <laughs> Rich. I mean, it was just a baby face. Have it was just a baby face bringing it outside interference. That ain't no different when Orange Cassidy showed up in the back in the back lot brawl against fucking LAX, right? Uh, His baby face is cheating. Uh, Th- Orange Cassidy w- wasn't butt ass naked damn near. That that is true. That is true. This so, is like, gimmick. 
<laughs> yes, it is his gimmick. Like Party Boy used to show up, just pull up to like all of some electronic so he's Rick houses. <laughs> Let me finish. Party Boy would show up. He would pull up in in a, in like a sweat in sweats, right? And then he would show up to an electronic store, and he'd be like, "Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to buy a new boombox." So then he play put in his CD and he play some oomps oomps music and once that oomps oomps start playing the man will strip down and start get start start getting it in the in the appliance in in the electronics room and the person that's you know trying to make the sellers like yo what the fuck is going on I'm sorry like I grew up with that shit and that shit was fucking hilarious and like they used to and look and people used to try to beat his ass like <laughs> shit was funny to me I'm sorry so. Uh, it got me in my in my, my nostalgic feels. I enjoyed it. I thought it was it's absolutely crummy wrestling. If you want, if you hate it, I'm not gonna argue with you. It worked hated for me. Yep. It just it worked for me. Hated it. I was like DDT. It was I a watching? DDT match. Yeah, Tanya. Put, put, it was. It was everything. I you know it's everything I expect. I watched Jackass so. Mm-hmm. I did some jackass <laughs> type stuff <laughs> when I was younger, so it was just this what I I didn't expect it to be a good wrestling match. I just I'm I was proud of Sammy for like you know protecting the people he needed to protect and bumping his ass out. And Wee Man is over as fuck. Like <laughs> yes, I could not believe how over Wee Man. I'm like what. This like him doing the Andre the Giant Slam, like we don't need the Hulk Hogan Andre the Giant Slam. We got Wee Man slamming Sami Zayn. Hogan slamming Andre, Cesaro slamming Big Show, Wee Man slamming Sami Zayn. The legend yes. the legend of the body slam continues <laughs> at WrestleMania. I uh look, um it it was ridiculous. Like as far as you saying he was protecting uh them dudes at times, but look, them dudes was hitting Sammy Hart and Sammy was giving that shit bike. Like he was hitting them well, you receipts. Know, <laughs> you see, you see what they done. That that it, it wasn't nothing to them. Like I'm right. sure they probably asked him to hit hard. <laughs> look, I, I I look if if it's all agreed upon, I don't care. Um, as long as y'all don't drop each other on your head and kill each other and paralyze each other, go have at it. Um, but Sammy was out here. He was laying in them damn uh, mafia kicks. <laughs> he was tearing up. He was, we knocking heads off. <laughs> we knocking heads off. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, is it some match? You know, it's, it's a plunder, goofy comedy match or whatever else. Um, uh, at the end, there's a mouse trap. It's a human-sized mousetrap. It doesn't go off the way it's supposed to. Uh, Johnny Knoxville can't get it to work, so he ends up laying it out, uh, opening it up, and uh, laying it out on um, against Zane. Zane's trap. He ends up pinning Zane, and Jackass wins. So, yeah. Uh, next match after that. Uh, uh, the SmackDown... I'm sorry. Uh, the women's WWE women's title match, the four-way between... Uh, the champions, Queen Zelina and Carmella versus Sasha and Naomi versus Rhea and Liv versus Shayna and Natalia. Um, I thought this match was better than 
what most people think of it. I thought this match was laid out well. I thought the execution was sloppy at times, but whatever. Uh, but I thought, like, the big spots all worked. Um, but, like, the crowd just was not into it because, like, they just saw a clusterfuck. Um, but I thought, I, but I enjoyed his match. I thought it was a good match. Um, ultimately, at the end, you end up getting Sasha in, uh, Sasha in Naomi beat, I can't remember who they pinned, but they Carmella. end up pinning Carmella. Okay, so they beat Carmella with a combination sit-out, face-buster, and code-breaker that I thought looked awesome. Um, and they end up picking up the win. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, uh, Rhea and Sasha, Vince... Hook your boy up with one of them. I need to see one of the matches. I need a I need a Bianca in, in Rhea match. I'm sorry, a, a Sasha in, in Rhea match. Whenever whenever is most you know um, the most of easiest time for you to do it. But like they have good chemistry. I can't wait to see them uh, have a singles match finally. Tanya, what did you think about this? I think if they were really serious about the women's tag titles, they would have found a way to get the titles on Rhea and Liv before WrestleMania and just had Naomi and Sasha challenge them. It was too many people. Mm. Uh, I love Shayna, but her and Natalya did not need to be in that match. They did not do anything worthwhile or how, memorable. How long have they been? Except for when Shayna stopped everybody from, when like they were going to come break up the pen mm-hmm. and she stared at them. That shit was, but like, I don't, she, Shayna, they put Natalia with everybody and it just don't fit. I just don't, I don't know if that's the right. Yeah, it just don't, I don't know. I, it it was too many people. It was uh, not enough people to focus on. How long have they, like to keep the focus. Oh, how long have Natalia and um, Shayna been a tag team? What has it been like a month, maybe? Like a month or so, like right when, right when the tag match was being made, okay. they decided to be a team. Okay. So, like I said, like it it was a, a situation where, of course, you need. It was fine with just Sasha and Naomi. However, the champs being who they are, and you actually want to have Sasha in a showcase match. I understand you adding Liv and Rhea, but there was no reason other than Natalia needs a match. I don't know to form this team out of nowhere and put them in the match. Then I don't, I didn't see them have a moment necessarily that just absolutely needed them to be on the card or something. And that, I think that's the way it came across. And also the crowd probably, you know, we all know the history with Sasha, so the crowd was probably too scared to celebrate until she actually won. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just they they don't put enough focus on women tag teams to get us to care about the women's tag team match yeah. until the high spots. That's why they had to have so many spots to get the crowd to react. Because who are the like Zelina and Carmella were fighting each other a couple of weeks ago. Like one that a they swerve, don't know what. Like a one, no. one that, like a one night swerve where like they fought and then ultimately at the end they made up and it was an elaborate plan. They never no. showed them making up. They they never showed them making up. They showed them fighting. One on slapped the other and stormed off. Then the next week. Mm, okay. 
like you like tend to do. So I think if the the crowd would have been more into it if it had just been Naomi and Sasha versus Rhea and Liv. Those are two teams people actually cared about. And you could actually know anytime the tag got in the ring, like the crowd probably was like scared that she was going to get the pin. Lord knows she good for it. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody cares about it. I'm sorry. I, ain't, I It's not to disrespect her, everything she gets to the beat. Don't nobody care about Natalia no more. Uh, they actually booked Liv and Rhea against Sasha and Naomi for next week's Raw. I believe it's for the titles, if I'm not okay. mistaken. But um, there was a great proverb that was once said on this show, James. And I just got to gotta say that we was right. People in the YouTube comments that had some things to say. Just had to let y'all know. Liv Morgan will never win. <laughs> Ever. It won't happen. This was a test of that faith last night. That was something that was on the line. And I was prepared to come on this show and, you know, talk about all the things that, you know, that went wrong and, and, and really like bear my soul and say I was I was wrong about this. And like, you know, I was really going to go deep into it point by point. But I guess we'll never know. You know, uh, you know what, what I was going to say. So, um, you know, they had <laughs> um, I, Sasha and Naomi's entrance was great. Um, I, I really wasn't into the match, though. Um, I was happy for Sasha. It, it was funny because it felt like some kind of like bizarro lifetime achievement award. She finally like snapped the reverse Undertaker um, label here. I feel like uh, Ronda got her spot. At, at WrestleMania this year, I thought they were clearly headed for Charlotte versus yep. Sasha at WrestleMania. Did you want to see Sha- uh, Sasha lose to a big boot? I wanted to see Sasha win <laughs> and, and beat Charlotte. Okay, but. But what you wanted, what she was gonna get, are two different things. <laughs> I don't, I don't know because like I, I think Ronda's in a situation where she wasn't gonna be full time every day, so they can do something screwy as far as like with a ref bump before that. And then like the weird finish, like this has Paul Heyman's fingerprints all over it to being something designed to, to drag it out. I feel like with Sasha and Charlotte, you don't do that. You just get a feud based on their history. They've been away from each other for a really long time now. And I think it would have been time, like, you know, at a later point in their career. So we saw them, in NXT, we saw them when they first came up and they were babies. And then now they're like, grown women with like established like identities in and out of the ring and i think it would have been a lot more compelling and interesting and i feel like sasha got her spot stolen by ronda and that sucks because we were either sasha and charlotte was delayed and we're gonna get it later or it's never happening so um well i mean when it comes to sasha bank stuff it just gets it it just never comes back like you know perfect example that SummerSlam match. When the fuck were you getting Sasha versus Bianca too? That's never right. happening. And that, and now she's got the tag belt, so like there she's away, so she doesn't like get around. Well, you know, we know how to use those tag belts. Sometimes, like they put them on people they want to put in because they only have so many spots for women. Which yeah. goes back to what Tony was saying. Like, yep. so they'll put like the they'll make the champions challenge for the tag team belts and shit like that. Yeah. So it's all in one program <laughs> and shit. But right. Yeah, like I, this. I I just can't be happy for like arguably the biggest full time star in WWE who's actually moving the business like that to be pu- like relegated division, yeah. to, to to this like like in all of the company like 
like she's actually a, a, a legit as, as legit of a star you of you as you can be in this era it's her and she she's like got the receipts to pull it up like like i struggle to to find times where she's not popping quarter hour hours and stuff like that and they continue to treat her as less than all the other women and or all the other top women and it's just like this is bad. Like it, it, I, I've talked about it on this show for years, like how much I've really not liked it. This year, it was just like I was resigned to it at this point. Mm. Yeah, man, they've. It's a case with a lot of their best star or their top stars. Is like, they're yeah, they're here. They could have been in a lot better situations had they not, you know, waited too long or did goofy shit with them. It, it, it's a, you know, <sighs> it's frustrating. Um, next Absolutely match. Speaking of though. frustrating next match. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. AJ Styles versus, up. versus uh, the, the, the revampired edge. Um, I thought that this match told a very good story. Or let me phrase. I'm start from the top. I thought this match did everything very well except pacing. And I thought the pacing of this match was abysmal, especially in the second half of this match. I thought that the story they were telling where AJ has to overcome his his, uh, rib injury and then later on in the match ends up getting a shoulder worked over and he has to work out in and out of stuff uh, with shoulder stuff along with um, Edge having uh, injury. I can't remember his injury at the time. I thought this match was really well told story. It's classic AJ Styles uh, storytelling from like the last like three or four years in WWE, especially his stuff with uh, Daniel Bryan. Um, but he wasn't in there with Daniel Bryan, and he <laughs> <laughs> he was in there with Edge. And Edge has his bad habit of still wrestling matches like it is 2008, as opposed to um, pacing these his action and as if it is 2022 where like all our phones got good internet, bro. Like if you sit and lay on this fucking mat for the second half of the match, as opposed to building towards a, a really uh, fun conclusion, we will pull out our fucking phone and we will get quiet. And you will wonder why the crowd is quiet. And this is what happened to their match. Um, it's unfortunate because I thought that AJ had his working boots on and like, it's good to know that he's still fucking awesome. Uh, move for move te- and technically, but, this match had too much laying laying down in the second stretch for me to think this match was great. Um, if you want to say it's very good, I will argue with you because, like I said, the only thing I don't like about it is the terrible pacing. But it, the pacing was terrible in it. Um, uh, ultimately, um, oh, and the finish. Jesus oh, the finish was atrocious. The finish was so lame. Uh, I don't, you know, AJ has seemingly has a match one. He is going up for the fin- uh, I'm saying Phoenix Splash. He's going up for the final the forearm. All of a sudden, they zoom, they, they uh, pull back the camera, and Damian Priest is just standing there like Lurch from the Adams Family. Uh, AJ Styles looks and is like, oh, that's weird. Takes a beat, goes for the final the forearm, and he gets speared. He gets anti-air speared out of his boots, or not out of his boots. Edge of the hard speared, but he got, he got speared in his boots um, and, and lost. And um, this is the start of Edge with, you know, um, his Creatures of the Night. But um, I got to yeah, say, man, t- go ahead. I'm so tired of Edge. I'm done with it. Like the entrance with all the fire, the the sit on his stool shit. 
the the thespian stuff these matches where to where he's a broken down deathmatch wrestler who wants to uh act like he's this this genius ring general where have i seen this before um he's like this hybrid of triple h and the undertaker now uh where he thinks he's this great storyteller and it's like just boring crowds of tears insisting he goes 25 or 30 minutes and it's like you're not that level of worker bro like and i remember um uh sam had actually sent me something like saying hey when edge was was reviewing okada and omega and that really made him want to go back and and give something else to the ring and i'm like bro like this ain't about you no more edge like like it's like you don't got that to give to us like he never and, had that to give to us. He's not as good as fucking Kenny Omega or Kazushiko Okada. Like, like, like he, like he thinks he's this genius and uh, and he's so far ahead and like it's and he's not and it, he's just laying on the ground and and it's just like it's boring. It's them just laying there attempting to maybe have a classic match. I felt a lot of AJ Nakamura in this personally, uh, down to AJ being in it. Um, I have less for AJ because, like, you know, it's Edge at this point. I feel like Edge has a track record of, of these things like, as to where AJ has kind of been stuck in tag team land. And, you I, know, I, I will have to I will have to look it up, but it's going down. But before this match, like ever since uh, Edge came back, his average singles match on pay-per-view was 30 minutes and 30 something seconds. Him going 25 minutes brought it down. And this match felt like it went forty five. Still, like it was, like, it was like, bro, it it just felt so like, like Edge is the new like you know thing for me. Where it's like all these people that are ardent WWE fans, I think think he's this genius, and it it lands with some people. But I look at him and I'm like, I'm incredibly bored by his wrestling, and I think his character stuff and his promo stuff is is absolutely just off the like just just completely somewhere else like and i'm just like like he's trying way too hard i feel like for for everyone to love him and it's like i don't see it man and and then like i feel like you know they booked a match on dynamite essentially to answer this one uh on wednesday we're gonna have adam cole and christian i feel like christian's gonna put him in a pack and it's gonna be there there's i've never really seen the partly because like they weren't working at the same time. Like there were retirements and stuff like that. The the contrast between Edge and Christian, I feel like, cannot be more stark than it is right now. Like well, where the, the main I, thing is Edge is being pushed in position as a top like he's the new triple H, Undertaker, Shane McMahon, you name it, person that comes in and they give them twenty five to thirty minutes to do whatever they want to um, whereas Christian, Christian has always been in any major, in any real deal, there are thousands of people in the building promotion. He's always been asked, aside from like one time else, uh, one time ever else, come in here and you and go 15 minutes at, or 17 minutes at the most and then get the fuck out of there. And you're not at the top of the card. Aside from like that run in 2011 with Orton. That's it. And that's the thing, like, Edge was a top guy at one point, right? So he's so like, yeah. He if if they're gonna say yeah, it probably be if you're him and you say, hey, bro, it's probably better for you if they have the same exact match that you just had over 25 minutes in 19. Get the fuck out of there, and people will say how it will talk about how awesome it is or whatever else. 
He's not looking from that perspective. He's looking at it as like, this is what top guys do. They go 25 minutes from Triple H to Shawn Michaels to, uh, well, not, maybe not Bret Hart, but uh, even Bret Hart at times. Like, that's what the top guy does in a, in in WWE. So that's what he's been. That's what he grew up on. That's what he always wanted to do, and he's getting an opportunity to do it, and it is hurting him because flat out, straight up, in this era of WWE, in this era of pro wrestling, if you go twenty minutes, you got to be fucking great. Not good, not really good. Either you got to be a great wrestler or you got to have a match that is great in cooking to go 20 whole minutes. And outside of that, you asking for trouble. And to go 25 minutes is even is even riskier. Like, don't don't come out here and give me a, a very good match that went 20 minutes. That wasn't worth my time. That wasn't worth our time. I could be looking at my phone. We all could be looking at our phones. It's, you gotta fight this. This is hard to fucking fight. So nope. <sighs> yeah, like it just it, it this much this match should have been a banger at 19 minutes. It went 20. It went five minutes way too long. And literally, it was all of them laying on the mat in the second half. They just laid there and laid there and laid there. Yeah, I. <laughs> Tanya, what do you think of the match? We hogged this all. Up. I'm sorry, but I yeah, my bad. It. It, it was just. <laughs> no, I mean, it's it's fine because I kind of checked out during this match. I thought it was funny that y'all bring up Triple H and whatnot because I read a tweet. Somebody said, "So Kane retired, so he, so Edge got the fire from Kane. <laughs> <laughs> he got the throne from Triple H, and the purple from the Undertaker." <laughs> Look, you know and, that man and, just and, amalgamating out here. Yeah, and it's not anything. Like certain wrestlers, you can see they call their own shots. They get to do what they don't do, and it's some originality from them. And it seems like Edge was like, "Yeah, I'll take this from you and this from you." And oh, I remember when I was a vampire. Let me take a little bit. Uh, you know, it's it's really not coming off original at all. And also, I did want to talk about because it upset me when he wrestled Roman and the match was slow as hell. That's what. The edge gonna lay there, and that's what he's been doing since he got the, came back. So I I was kind of disappointed because it's AJ Styles. You get somebody like AJ Styles, you should you supposed to have a fun match with them at WrestleMania. Like if if you, you have a match with AJ Styles, and your match is not as good as Shane McMahon match was with him, like well, to be fair. Shane, that was a different level of AJ Styles that uh, 2017 to now. AJ okay, is still great. That's true, but it's AJ Styles. You gotta have some fun with it. Not people don't want to see like half the match. You y'all laying down? Come on. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, it is funny about um about Edge. Like, damn, I forgot what I was gonna. He's say. exposed Go himself like. He was a person that, or I mean, still is like, you can see all the thought and what he's, what he lays out in his matches. The problem is like, he is still, he hasn't adjusted. He hasn't adjusted. And like, that's the main thing is you got to adjust. Like the, the, the ones that like, there are certain levels of greatness and the ones that are able to stay around forever are the ones that are able to adjust to the times. And like, he just hasn't figured that out. And I think that might be because of his situation. More of like he's he's taking every he's taking like they give him the twenty five minutes. We supposed to say no, 
right? Um, so I, it's it, it's tough right now for him. It really is. Like if he was out here going eighteen minutes, seventeen minutes, I, our opinions of all these matches would be so much different. Uh, but they're asking him to do so much. You know, they're asking to do they're asking to do more than he's actually capable of. And like, like when I when I when I like, I mean, I, I'm sorry. He, if you go on 25 minutes, like you gotta be out here like having one of the better matches of the year to justify it. You just and have it with a purpose. Like, what were they even feeling about to be wrestling the longest match on the card? Yeah, no idea. Nothing. It's funny you brought up originality too. Um, Brody King actually, um, they they showed a picture of Edge and Damian Priest in the ring, and they were like, "Name this duo" or something like that. And then they were like, "When you order the House of Black on Wish.com, like that's what, this is what Brody King uh, retweeted and said, and it's kind of burned up Twitter right now. So it's you know, g- God bless him. Good luck. Yeah. Oh. Uh- but he had the brood, though. He was with the. He was in the Ministry of Darkness. I'm, you yeah. know, he's he, probably he, trying to do a throwback. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's why I was joking about the vampire thing. Is like yeah. all this stuff with with you know priest and um because you know priest like that even was NXT he was seen as like this like there's something about him like it's almost like um not. Slight, slight allusions to being supernatural or more than just a person, right? Like, so he used to call him like Lurch from Adam's family, and and you know, uh, so like there was always that, and like his entrance or whatever else made him seem like you know, uh, so like, so I see why they're why they're linking those two up together, um, and like if Edge wants to be a vampire, fine. Like I liked Edge when he's a vampire. Um, I just need this vampire to wrestle like seventeen minute magic to get the fuck on. Um. So, uh, next match after that, and, and this is where the, and this is where we're talking about like the tells of two shows. Like the first half of the show is it's doing okay, depending on how you feel about the, I guess uh, mostly about how you feel about the the jackass match. But then like this match where it's like, yo, this match was so long. Why did it go so long? And then like then you see what follows it. Um, you get Rich Holland. Uh, I'm sorry. You get then you get the uh, the, the Hall of Fame speech, the Hall of Fame. Uh, recap. You get under here comes out again. There's the put fist in the air uh, and walk off, and then you get like the new day versus Ridge Holland and Sheamus, and that goes like 90 seconds. Uh, Ridge Holland puts away, I believe Xavier. Ooh. I can't remember the name of the move, but it went 90 seconds. Um, Butch is constantly up on the apron trying to interfere, um, and then by the end of the match, like Butch gets in and he's like almost like a fucking wild dog that wants to like rip shit up. Uh, but that was the end of it. With ninety seconds, it was like, okay, you squash New Day. Thanks. Squash New Day after like breaking a homeboy's neck, and then they got the win from it. Like, well, all right. So, I, I guess that's that's what we doing out here. So, yeah. um, you know, dress like Biggie, treat like Biggie. <sighs> oh, oh no! Oh my God! We can just we can move on. <laughs> I, I ain't going. I yeah. got nothing to top it. <laughs> yeah, let's move on. Um, my phone will cooperate. Uh, so the next match after that, uh, Pat McAfee. Yeah, yeah, Pat McAfee versus Austin Theory with Vince Man at ringside. Um, McAfee does all of the. I'm surprising you because you don't know that I've been training for wrestling for years. 
um, spots. So he does stuff, and obviously, like he's a former professional athlete. So like he does the the jump, like the like, like the Kurt Angle jump from the ring, uh, from the mat to the top rope to go give a suplex thing that shocks people. He also does the the he gets pushed off and then he lands on his feet. Um, like stuff that if you saw him um, in, when he was NXT versus Adam Cole, you've already seen it. You saw it done better. Uh, like they, um, but anyway, they have the they they do their thing. Also, one thing I want to know, uh, I want to note, Pat McAfee. Regardless of what I say about him, as far as what I think of how they how he has the uh, the celebrity wrestling matches uh, like on training wheels, this man is an expert worker. He's an expert worker. He got them to pay for the White Stripes Seven Nation Army for his interest music. The most wrecking, the most easy, easy pop interest music of all time that should have been someone's interest music 15 or 10, 10 years ago when it was super hot and people playing in every fucking arena during sports presentations. It's the most, it's Smart. the most, one of the most recognizable melodies in, 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 in the world. Like, it was it was a no doubt no brainer should have been somebody's interest music, but Vince didn't want to spring for those rights. They'll do it for the announcer, so he got that. They cheer for him. They doing the oh 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 all all throughout the night, and I'm just like yeah, yeah sure why not? So um, I forgot how he wins, but he is a oh yeah. Uh, Austin Theory goes for his finish. I think it's called ATL or the A Town Down. And at the end, McAfee escapes and slaps on a flash uh, schoolboy. And I believe he also pulls the tights, but the camera, they kept on the camera angle where you don't see him pull the tights because his baby face shouldn't be pulling the tights anyway. And he gets, and he pins Austin Theory. Um, Austin Theory is uh, upset. Um, So, but we'll get to the rest of the machinations after that. But what do y'all think of the match? Oh, well, you know, um, I saw the match with Adam Cole, so I really wasn't surprised by right. that he did a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know, like, I didn't, I had never seen Austin Theory wrestle, so it was okay. interesting to see, like, why is Vince so high on him? I still don't know why Vince is so high on him. He seemed like a generic wrestler to me. I don't know. <laughs> Look at his physique. Look at how he looks at his face. He's basically like six foot one, six foot Randy Orton at 23, 24. I always thought it was Cena, but that works too. That's what well, somebody well, was like. I mean, they you look at his gear. He, he looks like he when was Orton the first came up. He looked like a twink amazing. It, it is amazing. But, that oh, 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 no, Rich, I'm ignoring Is that the way you say it? Say that again, Tanya. He looks like a twink to me. <laughs> like, that's Vince's twink. Vince fucking that boy. That's his young apprentice? <laughs> yeah. Hey, who knows? Whatever. I, John, I don't see nothing about you. Like, I don't see it. I think it might just be the haircut, but um, it is amazing that they had all this talent over the last three years, four or five years, and Austin Theory is kind of like this hand-picked uh, one 
uh, of the guys they had from like Evolve and all the indies and everything like that. Um, but I thought this match was excellent, though. McAfee was awesome. I, I thought Ed should take notes from Pat McAfee, uh, you know, how to how to get the crowd going, uh, you know. But I this was as, as good as it possibly could have been. This is, like, arguably my favorite match of night, too. I mean, it's up there. It's, it's in discussion. Uh, I, I think I would go with the opener, but, yeah. Uh, the tag, the three-way tag opener, but, yeah. Um, yeah, so... After that, um, Vince, <sighs> Vince is upset. Like he was over. Vince is upset with Austin Theory, and then he teases like he's gonna take off the jacket. And then he takes off the jacket, and then he takes off the shirt, and then he put and he comes up there with the beater on, and he out here. <sighs> he looked like he'd been left out in the sun too long, and. Um, <laughs> You, you can see, like, he's starting to develop a hunch, and you're like, damn, Vince old, bruh. Like, damn, Vince old. And then, like, you just see it, right? But, but he asks, you know, he gets a, a, someone to come down, a ref to come down to the ring to get, uh, to ring the bell and to call the match, and Vince man is 70, 76? 75? He might be, old. he might be like 78 by this time. No, nah. I think he's no, nah, because when, nah, when um, because when remember like when when uh, Owens headbutted him, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, was, yeah, yeah, okay, because when Owens headbutted him, he was like in his early seventies. So, um, anyway, so seven at seventy six, he's having a match at WrestleMania, and Vince, when Vince twenty, Let's say 24, 23 years ago when he was wrestling. He fucking sucked then. So, whatever. He, he, he's having the match. And it's not much of a match. It is really, he can't move for shit. So, he's taking a couple steps forward as uh, McAfee bumps, bumps for him. And, like, Vince can't be bothered to even like to even lift his arm up fully for the lariat. He just he just basically almost like he's lifting his arm up. They're supposed to look like they're lariats, but they're really just shoulder tackles um, mm-hmm. multiple times. And then Vince stunts around with a football and he punts the football into uh, McAfee and then he pins him. And I was just like, dude, um, like he looked like Blue Panther. He looked like. Um, he looked like uh, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Mascaro, Mascaro, sorry, Mascara Dos. Dorada. No, 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 no. Mascara Ano uh, Dos Mil, like uh, the the mat, like the year of the mass two thousand. Like mm-hmm. he looks like all them old motherfuckers that you that you would see like if you watch CMLL on YouTube and you watch them like. Like the six-year-old, seven-year-old elderly guys, you watch them like work Arena Mesco on Friday nights in front of tourists every Friday. Still to this day, like you can like you can pull up Blue Panther and watch him like next week. I'm pretty sure or the next week after that, and be like, "Damn, that shit's sad." And he's still wrestling. Like Vince is seventy-four. He's a he's a multi-multi-millionaire, maybe even a billionaire still. He's doing this, and it's like. For what? Like you got a guy over, you beat the guy that got over, and, you and then throw water on him immediately. Yeah, and I understand it's to build heat for the awesome thing, but it's like you guys could have 
got heat on him without it being a match, and then had Austin save that dude. And then if he wanted to, Austin could have stunned him because it was ultimately about fucking Vince anyway. So instead, after getting the guy over, with after paying out the ass for fucking uh, uh, White Stripes music, you beat him uh, because you must bow down and suck the dick of the Attitude Era. Austin comes out. Um, Austin, you know, fucks up uh, Theory. Theory sells the stunner like... <laughs> It was great. Um, this knows he was down Saturday in the air. <laughs> yeah. Yes, great. Um, Austin, um, I'm sorry, Vince realized he's fucked. Austin, you know, time to, time to get time to get drunk. Send more beers. Hands like Jerry Rice, Chris Carter catching them beers. Hands Vince a beer. Everyone knows the starters coming except for Vince. Vince just drinks the beer. Um, and Austin gives him the lightest kick in the gut, and Vince, I don't know if he forgot the, how this goes, but he bumped for he bumped for the center of the gut kick. Uh, he got up. He he he's trying to get up. He got up too fast. He lost balance. He had to catch himself on the ropes. Austin's trying to catch him to make sure this old man don't break a hip in the ring. Um, Austin gets him again, and he stuns him, and. I, I thought something broke. I thought I thought something broke in his knees when he when he the way he bumped on his knees. I, it was bad. It's one of the worst sells for a stunner this side of like outside of Linda McMahon. I don't think anyone sold a stunner worse than that ever that I've ever that I can recall. Um, I think it's the worst one, man. I think Linda's worse because Linda just fell dead. She just she <laughs> dropped dead. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, it it was bad. And it was so it was bad, but at least it was still hilarious. Like Austin was even laughing, and then um this, this motherfucker McAfee <laughs> gives him a beer, stuns stuns McAfee. Austin starts drinking beer and goes back up the ramp. They cut back to McAfee out on the floor. He he's playing dead and knocked out while still chucking a beer in his. <laughs> McAfee's a top worker. <laughs> he's he's a top worker. I give up. He is. He's a top worker. He's better. He's better at this shit than most people. Than, than, than most people in the industry. He just is. And like, wh- whatever happens with it, who knows? But he, obviously, I don't think he wants to be a wrestler for real. But like, he's better at this shit than most most of y'all. He he is. I'm sorry. I love y'all, but he's better than most of y'all. Anyway, um, that was that was in that segment. It was it was awful, and it was also fun at times. There is a hilarious edit that WWE put out of the stunner that yeah. I'm to both of you. Um, that is just like the power of the WWE editing uh, and production staff. I think I saw it because they showed a replay at the beginning of Raw. And they edited all that fumbling out. <laughs> oh my god! Cut! 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 Get the fuck out of here! You, you, you know that you know that that man that came from Ohio. We can't let Vince look weak. Like he's a like he's yeah. a fucking uh, like he's a fucking leader of state. <laughs> can't make him look weak. You can't. We can't show FDR in a wheelchair. Are you crazy? Like that's yes. what that's that's that kind of shit. They might think he has polio. Oh my god! Anyway. cut. All right, enough of the shit. Get to the real stuff. Let's get to it. The main event, Roman, the unification match, Brock Lesnar, WWE Champion versus Roman Reigns, WWE Universal Champion. 
and the rematch of all rematches, the build as the greatest match of all time. Uh, I'm trying to think what else, what other cap shit they came up with to announce this shit as like this all time match, whatever. <laughs> it is the two biggest guys in the company wrestling each other. I don't know why they needed to sell it as like, you know, anything else, but whatever. It's, 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 it's branding, it's marketing, whatever. Um, starts with suplexes from Brock. Um, Roman comes back, answers back with a bunch of, uh, Superman punches. Brock smiles. I wonder if that was a callback to when Roman was getting the shit beat out of him at WrestleMania 31. Um, I took it as that. I thought it was, but like he didn't, but he, he only, sm- he didn't get his ass beat. He just got, he just smiled one time and let it go as opposed to like Brock was like, that's, or Roman was like, that's all you got for like, like five minutes of that match as he's, as he's getting pummeled. But whatever. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. I don't know because it happened so fast, man. It didn't feel like it was in the same, you know, tables turned and same thing, but whatever. Maybe it was. But, um, then I think there was one spear. I'm not going through this whole match. Basically, if you've seen one Roman match, a Roman and Brock match, singles match since WrestleMania 31, um, it's spamming big moves, spamming finishers. It's a bunch of suplexes, a bunch of Superman punches, a bunch of, uh, F5s, a bunch of spears, and you might get a guillotine or a, uh, Kimura thrown into, you know, for a near, for a nice, you know, uh, subvert expectations near, um, near fall of a submission. Uh, we got that with the, the turning a spear into a Kimura here, um, Roman sells that he separated his shoulder. Um, Brock gets up after Roman makes the ropes. Uh, Roman is cr- damn near crying to uh, to to uh, Les- not Lesnar, but to Heyman that like his se- shoulder separated. And you know, much like when <laughs> much like when Cody Rose got whooped and he could not go no much no more, he could t- not take any more lashes. And, and then Brandy came down and gave him the strength he needed to, to persevere and survive just a little bit more. Gave him a little bit of love. Uh, Paul Hammond said, but you must, my travel chief. My, you my travel chief. She, he basically told him to stand up! Stand up! And he got his ass up and he basically ducked some move, I think, and hit a spear on, on Brock and, and got him the fuck out of there. And that's more or less the gist of the match. Um... Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns have had one good match ever together. I maintain that still. Uh, this is the big win that I assume that they've always been chase been chasing. They still couldn't help themselves to, but to do the rough bump. and yep. They didn't do it in clean fashion. So who knows if that's leaving the door open for another match, um, which, you know, they'll pull out at any time. But I feel like this has to be it. Like this is the story of the company the last seven years. Finally beats them here in WrestleMania. I don't think that's the story they were telling, but I'll I'll tell myself that story if it'll make them feel better. Um, you know, this isn't really different from you know what I heard about their Saudi Arabia match. It was like the same kind of you know deal. Um, when WWE and you know a lot of the the people that uh, that champion this is like this storytelling and like these people with like just these supreme you know, storytelling matches and stuff like that. I'm like, well, what, what happens like with the, 
with with Brock Lesnar, like to when he's just doing his finisher a bunch of times in a row. I was done with this shit two years ago when they were doing it with uh, Drew McIntyre and Brock. All Brock was doing was his finishing move and stuff like that. Done with it. It's tired. I thought the finish kind of came out of nowhere. I think people giving this four stars or smoking crack cocaine. Um, <laughs> like, no. Like, this isn't, um, you know, and Roman got his big win. He got both belts. Now, awesome. Um, and I continue to hear people still talking about this point. This who's going to beat Roman Reigns? Don't worry about it. It doesn't matter. This is this I don't is, like this is it. Like this is where we're at with it. Like we're here, right? Roman, like Thank Roman you. Reigns has the belts, and you stay with him on the ride to the company. That's what they they want you to believe yep. this as. You will enjoy it a lot more uh, if you recognize that as such. Um, this is why they had Edge fighting him last year. Like this. It, like he's not using the people that they're really or there's no one that they have to really put him in there that's that's dangerous. He has no dangerous opponents. We talked about this like with Kenny's title reign and some of the early AW championship reigns where you can kind of see where the belt's going. They don't have that thing here. Like they don't have the people like where the obvious answers are here. So it's like part timers, um challenger of the month type situations, stuff like that. Like this is where the belt is. It's staying here for, for right. wh- whoever knows how long it is. But um, I I think Roman's on a bit of a cold streak, I would say, match quality-wise, since the Cesaro match, personally for me. Um, and it's – I think it is – they're getting into overkill territory. It's cool because he's a heel. They'll get away with it, and, and people seem to really be into it. Like, as far as, like, the crowd, like – they finally got the atmosphere for Brock and Roman that I think they have been chasing for so long. Um, this is a stark contrast to Roman's last main event in this building where it seemed like, you know, the whole crowd, like Triple H squeezed the juice out of the crowd, um, you know, as the match was going on. But um, they finally got that portion of it, I think, to to over to a lot of fans. Like, we didn't have to worry about it being hijacked or anything like that, which was like a relief, kind of. And they I, I I am ready for the Brock Roman chapter to close. I don't they don't have any new new stories, they don't have any new matches, and they've demonstrated this to us at least five times at this point. Tanya. Well, okay. What's going on these niggas, Tanya. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, um I think a lot of Roman in the beginning of his reign, he got more freedom to crash and burn. So if you notice, the opponents, those were people I felt like he was choosing. And then it became successful. Then he, they saw the numbers. The Vince was like, okay, it's my turn. I'm going to take over. Ever since Edge came back, Vince has been putting more and more input. It was Edge, and then it was John Cena. Then he <laughs> As soon as Brock came, I knew, like, you know, until he was done with Brock, that I wasn't going to get my good matches or I did my good matches or a continuation of the character. We stuck right here. We from SummerSlam to now. It's just dealing with Brock. And I think the reason why those matches aren't good is because Brock says no to a lot of stuff. That's my opinion. Mm-hmm. I basically, 
basically um when John Moxley was like I had all these ideas and Brock said no and that's been in my head ever since because Brock had some good matches he had a good match with Daniel Bryan because he good said match yes with AJ like, Styles um, right uh, but good, good match with Finn Balor uh, yeah yeah so and it's, like it's those small guys yep. Right, it's a and it's a thing about Roman. I don't know what it is about him, cause is it he just say no to certain certain stuff? Like Roman always got work under him. Y'all looking each other in the eye. I think it's a little bit of ego. I don't know, but I don't. I didn't even watch the whole match. I watched the beginning of it, and then I saw, oh, we going to Suplex City. Mm-hmm. I'll be back in ten minutes. And then yeah. I watched the, the ending stretch because I don't, I don't need to. I've seen this before. I didn't ask for this. I didn't really want Roman to face Brock, but I know Vince has got his agenda. So Vince has <laughs> got his agenda. Hopefully, out of his system. It's as good as it's gonna get. That's why I was when people talking about how bad the match is. Please don't say it's bad because one of them gonna hear it and they gonna have something to prove. Like Undertaker gonna keep trying to make it. Just we love it. I didn't say this best match they ever had or something like I'm I'm sick and tired of Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. I am done, and they didn't finally kind of sort of because it wasn't all the way clean. But he beat him. He beat him. I don't care. It's over with. We it's time to move forward. Like Eddie Kendrick said, keep on trucking, baby. And the reason why they had to bring in Cody to be a face is because WWE. Look what they're doing to Drew McIntyre. That's why you don't have no faces with that oomph that's going to get the crowd going because look how you book your faces. Yep. That's why Roman had to turn here. Look how you booked him. And it's just they're going to keep running into this problem because they want they they want they baby face to have a little punk bitch in them. And it's 2020 and nobody wants to root for a punk bitch. And, that, and that's why that's why I think the the Roman thing is is resonating like with a lot of the audience like like it's not me like I'm not seeing like this all time run personally but like I would be a fool to deny like like looking at the crowd and seeing like people just being into him way more than they have people that were um, I would say not in the Roman like <laughs> at all like there's been a, like a, a big switch like in your your ardent like um, like. There were people that were that were really like, you know, the people used to give it to Roman Reigns pretty heavy, like when he was a um, uh, a good guy, and meanwhile he was being booked to oblivion. Like uh, I I came across like I, I ended up sitting here um, the other night. Uh, I'm gonna have to get this clown out of the comments that's in there um, right now, but he um I watched that WWE Evil thing like or whatever and they they were going through the story of his whole career and um and we're talking about you know the times he was rejected and, and all that and it was like i feel like there you know there was a uh, certain amount of airbrushing going on and obviously like they went out of their way not to mention daniel bryan at any point in this thing which i i feel like you know if Brian was in the company, perhaps they put it in there. I feel like you can't tell the story of Roman Reigns without Daniel Bryan personally. Well, I mean, but you, you, I mean, he's one of they his top to. three or four feuds in his whole entire career. I think it's his defining feud, but <laughs> but you get my point. It's like they're doing cap shit, and yeah. I mean, and like they they do that. They you know they're the winners. They control the history, and that's but like 
Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They, it's expected that they would not mention uh, Daniel Bryan in it. Yeah, and you know the the people that were that were going after him like kind of hardest on on this um that whole thing. Like a lot of these people have like converted and like mm-hmm. are telling like I'm not an everyday WWE watcher. Like I pretty much just see the pay per views. Some of the matches are underwhelming, and then like I think some of the stuff is tropey. But like the people that are in on it are all in on it. So r- ride with Roman Reigns, like, and then you know it, it, he like you know him being a smart worker realized he had to turn too. Like he wasn't immune from this stuff, and he it was like a real crossroads for him. He he felt like when he went home in the pandemic, he was like, I couldn't come back doing the same thing. And, you know, kind of, kind of smart too. You know, it, it is hard to be a baby face in an empty arena. So, you know, why not have some fun? But, um, I'm, I'm glad they're presumably done, um, with Brock and Roman and someone like, you know, a Cody is exciting for Roman because like, there's a, I think there's a lot of weird factions set to clash on that one. And I actually, from afar, will kind of enjoy watching the people that say, hey, you know, they should put the belt on Cody. And it, and it would just be hilarious, like, because they were like, oh, you're sticking it to AEW, making them the world champion and stuff like that. I'm like, not really. Like, no one actually would They're want actually- like I can tell you somebody that didn't want uh, Cody on top of his company, Tony Khan. <laughs> So like it's like you, it's a little bit of, of be careful what you wish for syndrome there. So, um, you know, I I I wish the match was better, but it it is what it is. It, um, yeah. I, I wasn't into night two as much as I was in night one. I think that night one was more up my alley as a wrestling fan. Night two was kind of like the business end of all the the stuff they want to do, their aspirations to to just be free to do whatever. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I just, I'm, I'm just over Brock and like, like Tanya, you said, you, you don't want to see the wrestling again. Like I was at that point, like after I was 34, I was like, this is fucking stupid. Oh, I definitely was too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, like I, every time they get together, I'm just like, you guys couldn't figure out nobody else, huh? Nobody else. Like, you don't think it would be useful to, like, use a Brock Lesnar and a, and a Roman Reigns with other guys to fill out your card. No, I'll put them back together again. Okay, gotcha. Great. Fantastic. I never want to see them ever wrestle again. Like, their matches are just, they're, they're just spam. They're just spam bots. Like, they're just spamming the same moves over and over again. And, like, the first few, the first one or two times when you when you realize what's going on before you realize what's going on like it can be fun but it, after you've seen it so many times just like all right like this is like it's one thing when you, when you're having um you're firebombing it's another thing when it's like oh, okay like it's just completely devoid of like they, so why everyone else not selling, not storytelling, not you know putting matches together, like you know all that stuff. They talk about that, but for for Brock, it's okay. For for yeah. Roman, it's okay. And it's like yeah, uh, I mean, <laughs> in, in, in a way, yeah, but it's just more like it. It was one thing when Brock was out here, you know, throwing people on their on their necks and head and shoulders, like 
Brock, I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, after what happened to Bobby Lashley, maybe you should just, like, get that shit out of your repertoire, but, like, he, um, he's through these super safe, um, suplexes throughout the whole entire match. It's like, oh, so, like, instead of being Brock Lesnar, you decide to be carrying Cross. Okay, thanks. Awesome. All right. And then, you know, the way the match ended, it was like, like you mentioned, I felt it was anticlimactic as well. Um, the ref bump was to, like, I'm, if I never see another ref bump again in my life watching pro wrestling, like I'll, it, I'll, I'll be grateful, forever grateful. Like I'm tired of it. Um, you're, like I've seen it all. Like even when you think you're doing the oh you almost bumped them and then, oh oh you got bumped. Like no, like it didn't even play into the actual finish. It was just to stir up the a match that uh, it was just to get a near fall. But it's like okay, you're doing you're doing uh, ref bumps to stir up a near fall. Like eight minutes into the match. Fuck off. Like, <laughs> like, it's just, like, the Brock Lesnar experience, like, does not, like, I get what they're trying to do, explosive stuff with him, or whatever else, but, like, I think we're past that point of, like, he, he's done it so much now. He's been back at this point for over a decade now. Like, obviously, he left for a little bit and came back, but, you know, he came back in 2012. Um, like, he's been back for a decade now. Like, we've seen every match he's going to do. Like, at this point, unless he's going to face other small guys and have the, he suplexes people around and then they fight back from underneath and you see what kind of heart the, uh, the, the smaller dude has, there's really no story for him to tell. Like, he, it, the match with, with Lashley wasn't fun. This match wasn't fun. Like, what was his last match with a big guy that was fun? Um, like, the three-way of 2008, or sorry, the four-way of SummerSlam 2018 with Samoa Joe and Roman and, um, and Strowman. Maybe that last match. I think that was 2017. Yeah, you're right. That was 17. Yeah, 17, not 18, 17. Like we're just we're 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 past the point now. Like unless he's gonna fight small dudes and basically make his make his pay off of that, which he could absolutely do for the rest of his days. Like I don't really see him. I really don't want to see him wrestle 240 plus pound dudes no more. Just don't understand. I understand is Vince's you know big wrestling circus and he likes big sweaty men, but the matches aren't good. Yeah. And, and it, I, I just think it's the returns have been diminished yes. at, at this point. So, um, you know, it's not a, maybe it's not a bad idea for Brock to go home for a while. Yeah. So. Put, put, put McAfee in there with, uh, with Brock. Fuck shit. Why not? <laughs> He'll figure it out. For him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, put him in there with edge, you know, <laughs> edge can introduce him to a new style. Oh you know, my God, um, because ah, Edge with his neck now, you can't. Do oh that. yeah, you can't do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's the safe suplexes, so it's, it'll be he'll be fine. It's like it's like mm-hmm. it's it's like you know it's like getting thrown it's like getting thrown on a pillow. You know, it's, it's nice and soft. I'm joking. Yeah, you, you, you can give Brock to Cody. You know. <sighs> you know what's gonna happen in that match, right? Inform me. We're gonna find out that Brock is gonna. Have to, we're gonna find out that like Cody is gonna pay like a a quarter million dollar fine because he plays for against Brock. There's I mean, no think, way. There I, is no way that Cody will have a match with Brock where he does not blade, even though he's told you cannot blade. You like know he'll this. tell Brock to hard with him. He's like, we gonna get this blood tonight. I don't think we're <laughs> gonna get it tonight. But yeah, that was WrestleMania, y'all. Um, yeah, that was WrestleMania. 
<laughs> Night Mode was really good. Night two, that second half is a doozy. It, like, um, I know I have not slept at all in the last 48 hours, but still, like, that was a doozy going through that night, too, uh, getting through all that. Um, Tanya, thank you for coming on the show with us. Uh, can you please give us your plugs? Um, just follow me at uh, The Witch Militia on Twitter. That's all. <laughs> Okay. We appreciate you coming on once again. Always, always great to uh, to have you on. Usually, there's uh, some memorable moments, so we got you in video form this time. So uh, I might have to chop some of these up and meme this stuff up. So uh, make, make make sure make sure to chop up the you know us saying goodbye to Coach K. You make sure to chop that up and give it to the people. They want to see it. They want to see you know, it. I, I you know I, I'll see what I can do on that end. Yeah. They want to see it. Maybe I just lose a file, you know. You know. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I got the podcast audio. Uh, so uh, thanks for listening, y'all. Be sure to raise some of our app you're using to listen to this with. Um, uh, and if you're watching from the stream, uh, hit us up with the bits. If not, if you're um, listening to the podcast, go to our real circle and drop us off with a donation. Um, and listen to other shows on the network. Besides One Nation Radio, you have Keeping It Strong Style, the Ricky and Clyde Wrestling Show. Grumman Watch This Shit. The Great Consequences Podcast. 8-Bit Suplex. All Things Elite. Great Match Generator. And AEW Match Guide. Thanks for listening, y'all. Later.